Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 35. Um, unfortunately, this is the week where Chase is out of town, so it's just going to be the Hunter and I holding down the fort. Um, hopefully we can give you guys some uh, some riveting conversations, though. Uh, the whole idea for this Absolutely. podcast kind of stemmed from Hunter and I staying up really late while pretty hammered, just like yabbering on about shit. So, uh... <laughs> this is indeed indeed we're we're kind of throwing it back a little bit here into the uh the origin story of this podcast um Absolutely, so hopefully yeah. it'll be hopefully it'll live up to expectations um and yeah uh hunter what do you what do you got on your hand there on your i'm hand, going basic got an old-fashioned stella artois can't go wrong with it domestic abusers drink a choice Bold play. Really? <laughs> uh, it's a it's a stereotype. I don't know how true it goes. It goes with the wife beater. Uh, yeah. Well, um, hey, I am wearing. You can't see, but I am wearing a tank top. It's just not white. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm most of the way there. <laughs> um, minus the you know actually abusing women part, but. Well, yes, yes. About uh, the stereotype. Yeah. Let's be very clear. <laughs> it is not my goal in real life mm-hmm. to become a wife beater. In case anyone was confused. Well, yeah. I'm glad we've got that out of the way. Um, indeed, indeed. What are you sipping on, Cass? <laughs> well, I'm also keeping it fairly simple at the moment. I've got a Corona Extra. Basically, um, at work today, they were having some special tournament, which I kind of already explained to Hunter. But, uh, you know, when people come off the golf course, they've got a couple extra beers in their golf cart that were unopened. And, like, you know, one of the guys uh, kind of handed me a cooler. And was like, hey, there's nothing but trash in here. Wink, wink. Um, was like, can That's you handle really nice. this for me? And yeah, it just had like five oh, beers man. in there. So I have, yeah, I have come home with an assortment of beers. Um, there's like, you know, like a couple wine coolers. And like, you know, there's like a White Claw or like a vodka lemonade. Um, I got a couple of Kolsch's. And then the one that I'm actually the most interested in is this uh, Kingpin Pale Ale from Main Street Brewing. Um, but I'm currently working on this Corona. So maybe once I crack this beer, cause I actually think it's got some potential. I'll, uh, I'll do a little aside and talk about, uh, talk about whether I like this, this beer that I'm going to be cracking into next or not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'd be very curious to hear. Mm-hmm. That's a cool name. Yeah. But, uh, it, it does seem like we're both rocking some, um, some more average beers today. Nothing super interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know, sometimes you got to go back to the basics. Hey, hey, some you know, it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. All righty, so um, all right, let's just you know, let's just slide right into uh, some some conversation topics here. This is the one that I think we're we might actually have the most disagreement on, uh, oh, most boy, back and go. forth. So um, somebody on Reddit posed the question: Should bind, as in the map? Uh, get some attacker buff changes, as in like changes to the map that makes it making makes attacking more viable. Um, and I think he raises a couple of good points here. That sure in in a professional meta, the map might be rather fifty fifty, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that they can so well, or they can execute like pushes 
very incredibly coordinated and very effectively with like proper timing and everything. And you can get your whole exec in with like, you know, concuss going over here, flash going out for over here, molly out this angle, like smokes dropped, everybody burst out. Like that's way more feasible in a a pro setting. Whereas in ranked that's obviously you know, that's that's kind of a pipe dream almost. Like that's just yeah. not gonna happen. Um now, Cass, do you want to send me the link so I can also pull this open as we're going over it? Or do you, would you prefer um, to just read it out? I mean, honestly, there's not too much to read out here. I was just kind of okay, giving okay. some, yeah, some go background. Ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay, but one of the one of the main things that, that he brings up here is that, like, every choke point is fairly easy to hold. And there's no good way to really get, like, an effective flank off on the defenders due to the lack of an actual mid um, and so, yeah, basically his whole argument is that, like, the map feels like it requires an insane amount of team coordination to take a site in reference to other maps, and was wondering that, um, if, if there were some potential changes that could be made that would benefit the attackers without completely hamstringing the defenders. Um... Yeah, that's that's an interesting question because when you first started talking about bind, I had a whole separate thing go through my head because I've heard people say that bind is very boring and plays out like the same way every every time. And I have my thoughts on that question, but this Reddit question is completely different, which is is it very defender sided? And um I would have to see the stats from ranked. My gut impression is that it's not overly defender sided in ranked. Um, I think I think the thing about bind is that there's a huge difference between attacking A and attacking B. Where if you're attacking A, then it is um, pretty easy to get a plant off. Whether you just push out of showers, do like a sage wall or something, and plant right there. Or, you know, taking short, you can drop a smoke heaven, drop a couple smokes on site. You can get that plant down. Um, and then, of course, holding it is more difficult. But getting the plant is pretty easy. And then B is the polar opposite, where pushing into B is pretty difficult. Um, but if you do secure the plant on B, it is statistically, according to another Reddit post I saw up in the past couple weeks, B site bind is the hardest site in the game to retake. So if you get the plant on B, then more often than not, you're chilling. Um, and personally, what I really like doing, especially as Yoru is pushing long on B, because if you can like slice, whether you're walking, whether you TP from like long across into sight, then if anyone in their team is left in hookah, then they're just kind of stranded in no man's land. Um, and then you're kind of, you're big chilling. So, um, I guess I'll just open with the fact that I don't necessarily agree that, it is defender sided at in ranked, but I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, Cass, on if you feel like it is. Um, I don't know. Like one of the reasons that like I initially tend to agree is that every single place that you could peek off barrier drop is an angle that I enjoy opping on. <laughs> um, I'm like that. That's all four of them, which like most other maps, like yeah. like I don't know. I I guess ascent kind of works the same way based off barrier drop. That, like, I'm totally fine opping any of them, but, like, there's some that are significantly less viable than others, right? The main one being, like, it's way better to just hold mid with the op. And then I personally like aggressively peeking uh, B-Long or B-Garage and, and A-Main, but, like, 
you know, they're not necessarily as viable. Um, whereas on bind, the only one that you might consider not optimal to be swinging with an op would be on defense out of hookah. But yeah. I find that it often does catch people off guard a lot. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so so I I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, there there's something to be said about the fact that there is no actual mid to contest. And because the teleporters are are so loud, it it makes it really hard to like get flanks off. Um because there there's no and even then like the flanks don't really like the teleporters don't like enable the the attackers to get to potentially uncontested space. Like, unless you're using it for, like, a late rotate to get to the other side, right? Which obviously has its its benefits, but, like, I, I find that early on in the round, the teleporters do mm-hmm. nothing to benefit the attackers. Um, well, I mean, I feel like I would tend to agree simply uh, that they do early in the round because, obviously, the biggest play you see with the teleporters early is if there's a hookah push from the attackers, defenders chucking utility and or going from a short mm-hmm. to, be, to help with that, which right. is obviously helpful to the defenders. Yeah, and then, like, um, I don't know, say you get, like, a Sova Dart into, uh, um, um, say you put a Sova Dart into showers and you ping, like, four people, right? Yeah. It's so, like, your B-Long player could go through the TP and just kind of, like, trap them in there. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, right. like it, initially, I want to say, yeah, I, I, I do kind of agree, because... I mean, I personally hate pushing hookah on attack. Um, I much rather, like, if we're pushing B, I almost exclusively go up long. Um, like, I, I do not like dealing with, with the nightmare that is hookah. And, yeah, like, I don't mind taking duels, like, A short, but, like, I don't know, yeah, unless you're getting some... Unless you're getting some help, pushing a short can be can be pretty rough. There's there's a lot of angles you need to clear. Um, yeah, and and that's where in ranked specifically you deal with the problem of your team either not smoking effectively or not communicating, or they're smoking very effectively. Right, or just not or not getting good like timings on flashes. Right, that too. Um, that and too. like I I play agents that don't have flashes, so I can't <laughs> just I can't just flash myself in. Um, so, yeah, and then, like, oftentimes, like, like when I do play Jet on Bind, like, I can smoke and dash towards towards U-Haul, but then I'm stranded, right? Like, especially if I'm going into my smoke, like, there's there's no way for somebody to, to follow up on that or, or really effectively trade me out. Um, and smoking and dashing onto site just isn't as valuable, I find, on... Um, on A, like, there's not a ton of places I can go and not just get immediately double swung. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I personally mm-hmm. would agree that I find attacking on, on bind to be just in general rather difficult unless we're in the scenario in which, you know, if the enemy team is being a hyper-aggressive and you can kind of <laughs> yeah, sit yeah. back and get some picks before you start to push a site. Like, like obviously, then attacking is going to be fine. Um, 
but especially when the enemy team is kind of focused on a more defensive setup, like, you know, say they're playing either double controller or double sentinel, um, and they're not being hyper aggro, I, I find the bind can be an absolute nightmare to try to take sights on. Interesting, interesting. It's it's. Inter- I had never really considered this before. You brought it up the idea of bind being very defender sided. Um, I have a couple thoughts. Um, one of which is minor. Um, when you're talking about taking hookah, um, the jump out of hookah is obviously very brutal. Um, I feel like it feels significantly worse than like drop on fracture, simply because you have to jump up first and then go over rather than just jumping down. So you're just you you just are that much more vulnerable when you have to stick your head out there. Um, uh, and, but as for myself, I like taking close range duels. So um, if I'm playing anyone other than Yoru, I actually really like going hookah because I, I like the fights in there. And then obviously getting out depends on the things you mentioned, smokes, flashes, and presence be long. Um, you, it's really tough to just, you know, it's not you don't want a five-man rush who go on to be <laughs> that, that much is very clear mm-hmm. um but that that's just me sharing my experience the point i wanted to sort of take issue with when it comes to the reddit post is saying is him saying uh because there's no mid the flank potential is hugely cut out and first of all um i don't disagree with that statement um like most in its most literal sense, because obviously flanking when there's no mid is very, very difficult. Um, but I think one thing that he is potentially the Reddit poster is potentially not accounting for is that even though it is a bad map for flanking per se, it is a great map for lurking because you know, if you, if your team tries to go a and stalls out and then just everyone hits the teleporter to B that's like an extremely readable play. Like you're saying, Cass, the teleporter is very loud. Like, yeah, maybe you beat the defenders there if they all rotated by like a few seconds, but it doesn't give you like that much of an advantage. And if anyone's staying there, then you're in trouble. Um, But that's where um, the counter to that is you have someone lurking up long up into hookah. If you can in particular deny the enemy, the use of the B long TP, which a lot of people will try to do and, or, the push from hookah to short for the flank from defenders and just kind of keep that space and then slowly advance. If you have three people hit the teleporter with spike, while maybe you've lost one person who's dead already and you've had a player push all the way up onto B site and now knows that everyone's rotated off or maybe he's got one kill on site and that's why he told his team to teleport over, then all of a sudden that opens the site up for you. So... I mean, I guess as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that that still kind of goes in favor of the initial point, which is that if you have good coordination, bind isn't necessarily, um, you know, defender sided because that does require a good deal of coordination. Um, and also the so 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 yeah, I guess I guess the more I think about it, the more I'm agreeing that it might be true that bind is kind of defender sided in ranked. I guess so. Then I guess the, it, go, it goes on to the next question of should something be done about that. Mm-hmm. Like I was just gonna say, like going getting from a short into the TP isn't free. Um, I guess no, if you smoke no. off, like if you're willing to smoke off U-Haul, um, and then maybe take a duel on site somewhere, 
then perhaps you can get by. But like I, I have gotten a number of kills on people who are trying to to get through the TP before. Um, for sure, for sure. So like, like it's definitely not free to just be like, oh, let's let's just TP here. Um, oh, I agree. I agree. Whereas the B long one over to A is a bit freer. Unless oh, yeah, somebody's yeah. actively, yeah, like if you're, like yeah. if you've gotten B long control, like obviously, like getting through that TP is fairly free. Um, yep. But like, it's a lot harder to maintain that control on A site, and I don't think TPing B long to outside showers is is nearly like I just think that that's nowhere near as valuable as going from like from A short to uh, over to hookah. Um. So, like, that's the easier one for you to get control... That's the easier teleport for you to get control of. But I think it's significantly less valuable. So... Yeah. yeah, I I, I I can see what you're saying. I'm like, Bind is one of the maps that I do have, like, a better win rate on relative to other maps. And obviously Mm -hmm. Tracker is kind of messed up with their attack versus defender round win rates. Um, Yeah... It, it just doesn't record that super well, I think you could have uh, stopped the sentence that Tracker's kind of messed up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd be curious just to know how I personally have experienced Bind, but like, yeah, there, there are definitely times when I feel like, uh, like it, it can be absolutely brutal trying to get in on site. Um, and then, yeah, as you pointed out, like, even if it's, even if you can just put up your wall of smokes, and, like, you sage wall up, and you get the plant down. Like, that that's just incredibly difficult to hold. Um, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps there's something to be said about running a double controller comp and just uh, having, like, a brimstone to spam the initial smokes to get you onto a site, and then having, like, an omen to, you know, refresh those smokes and just kind of keep people oh. out. Um, That's not where I thought you were going, because the more common comp is Brim uh, Viper, where you have your Brim for the initial smokes, and then you have Viper mainly post-plant. Right, right. I, I could see that. That that would work, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, obviously, like, that. yeah, that's totally fine. I don't know. I just picked Omen as a second controller. But, like, the Viper functions just, just fine in that regard. Um, yeah, I would say a lot better. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I, I think the one downside of Viper is, like, you're kind of guaranteed to have smoke downtime. Um... Well, sure, yeah. yeah. But, like, you have smoke downtime when your omen smokes fade. Yeah, it, I, I believe omen can can maintain smoke up time if he only smokes off one thing. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, but, um... but like, how often is does that really work out for you? That you're able to just keep re-smoking the same thing and you get value out of that smoke for the entire round? I mean, I'm just thinking like, I, of, I, like, I'm thinking of, let's say you have bomb down or right like you've planted spike uh you know that yeah. little corner on that like that truck that you can mm-hmm. just you can kind of one way a little bit with that oh oh like okay. if you just if you just only put your smoke down on mm-hmm. that one spot right and just kind of one way that for people swinging out trying to contest the spike area and you've got u-haul control and somebody's chilling in u-haul so you don't need to smoke off u-haul um I yeah i don't know I like I, I i feel like that that might work I, I don't know in practice. I can't say I've tried it. Um, and then obviously that little, like, that kind of pseudo one way that I'm talking about doesn't do anything to protect you from uh, somebody swinging showers. So, 
I guess you just got to hold that with a gun or something. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe your team's got some some sneaky showers control as well. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, no, at, at any rate, I find that, uh, I don't know, perhaps there's some value there. But getting getting somebody to play smokes and ranked is hard enough already. Like, two smokes? Come on. That's not happening. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I... I yeah, I don't know. I, I win more often than I lose on bind, so, like, whatever. I'm fine with it as is, but, like, I, I definitely have been in those scenarios in which I'm, like, I'm definitely frustrated on attack. I'm, like, we're we're 0-6 in the game, and it's, like, guys, come on, like, we, we can't even fucking take a sight here, like... Yeah. Like, like what, what, what do? Um... So, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of get that. Um, I, it seems like we're sort of nearing the end of this angle on bind. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I do a small pivot to my initial thought when you mentioned bind? Yeah, no, no, go for it. Yeah, so I had seen some people on Reddit say like, you know, bind, not that it's defenders, not that it's defender sided, but that it plays the same way every time and is really boring. And I thought more about it, and even though I really like bind. I think I can see where Chamber, being as meta as he is, has exposed a flaw in the map design, and possibly fixing this maybe could somehow play into buffing the attackers, uh, the attacker side, although I'm not sure if it really would the more I talk about it. And so that's that, if you're looking at the map from defender side, so you're looking from defender spawn at the bottom, attacker spawn at the top. Mm Mm-hmm. There is a V-shape coming from Defender Spawn to two of the sites. Yes. And then you also have caves, the like little smile, going between the sites. And then you also have short connecting the sites. And then you also have the two teleporters connecting like all before the sites. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you have five different ways to um, rotate between the sites. However... Even though you have five different ways, realistically, it's only the two teleporters and the um, and short that get used. Very rarely, Not you'll rotate spawn. through caves. What? Defender spawn. By defender spawn, do you mean all the way back in the V, or do you mean caves? No, no, that like the V would be attacker spawn. I'm saying the defenders. Oh, the, the defenders are attacking. I'm very spawn. tired. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize. I said that all backwards. Hopefully, when I said V, it was clear. I meant you're looking from attacker spawn to defender spawn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So just to be clear, I'll, I'll run through it real quick. There's the V. There's caves. There's short. There are the teleporters. Those are the options you have as an attacker. The first three you get for free. The two teleporters you have to earn at least a little bit in terms of taking space. So where I was going with this is that the teleporters and going through short are all very commonly used to go between the sites, to rotate between the sites. However, going through attackers spawn, like the whole V is never used because it's a massive waste of time when you have the other options and caves is also pretty rarely used unless you're having like a super slow developing like flank. And even that poses a pretty big risk because you end up, if you, if you, uh, don't quite figure if you're not quite correct in your guess as to where 
the attackers are and you're flanking from defense, then you're just really out of position. And then, like, if you as the attackers decide to do, like, a team rotate through caves, you're giving up so much map control when you do that. You know, chances are someone could just push from A short and cut you off uh, in short to, to B before you even get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you couple that with the fact that, you know, before there was a big, before Chamber came out, there's a big mix on if you even have a Sentinel on the team. And Sage was pretty uh, popular on Vine, so frequently you wouldn't have any sort of flank watch utility. But now you have Chamber, who most Chambers, I find, will place their trip uh, watching short. Um, So if you are a defender pushing from Hookah, you're going to run into that Chamber trip every single time. And then, you know, there obviously are a variety of ways to deal with, oh, there's flank watch utility here. Or they're—I don't even need to get into them because you all—you all know what I'm talking about. Um, but my point is that, despite the fact that caves and attacker spawn exist, it's almost dead space in terms of how infrequently they are ever used by anyone on either team. Um, and I feel like because there are those different lanes, Riot's intent was—you know—there's no mid, but there are a ton of options to rotate between the sites. When in fact, it's really one option without using TP and the TPs. So I feel like that's why the map ends up feeling kind of samey. And that is, I don't really mind it. But as I thought about it, I could see why people were saying that. And maybe that could be a point of focus for the rework. Or maybe they could go off of that to dial it towards attackers. What do you think of that, Cass? Um... Sorry, that was kind of long. I just no, no, I, I, I understand here. what you're saying, but, like, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, I feel like attacker spawn is almost never utilized on most maps. Um, what do you think about that? Like, I'm trying to think. On, okay, on Ascent, you rarely use attacker spawn. You do sometimes, though. Like, you use it way more than attacker spawn on Bind. Yeah, but like you often just take mid and then take like top cat if you're if you're gonna flank on defense, right, or rotate off of uh of A. Uh, well, just to be clear, I fully agree that you take mid way more often than you take def- uh, attacker spawn. Yeah, I, I but, just like, feel it like it is a good option to mix things up. Yeah, but even then, like the the problem with attacker spawn is, as you pointed out, like if you're gonna flank through attacker spawn, like you're you're very far removed. Um, yes. And you, you'd have to do that pretty early on in the round. You'd have to start making moves in that in that direction to to get either the to get either the viability of oh I'm going to hit this this later flank that they might not be aware of um, onto them. But it takes you a long time to do that, especially if you're going to try to go quiet. And then you you probably would have just been better off pushing through mid. Or, in the context of they're rotating off, if I hear them rotating off and I'm in, you know, attacker spawn, and I'm like, oh, like, and I can call out to my team, like, hey, hey, like, everybody's rotating off of A into mid. Like, yes, that's good information, but it, it's it's hard to really, you know, capitalize off that because they'll leave your hearing radius, and you won't know if they're going... I guess you could swing back and hold the angle towards garage to see if anybody goes garage. But like if they just go farther down mid, right? You don't know if they're going tree. You don't know if they're going market. That's information that you can't get from the spawn. So I feel like while, while yes, 
it perhaps gets a bit more use than Bind does, I feel like it's, it's again, not super valuable. Um, the same thing with, uh, what, what, what other options are there? I mean, Split's not in the map pool anymore. Uh, I guess Haven. Like, you almost never see proper attacker spawn used, but you see... Yeah, but in that case, attacker spawn is, like, right up against... yeah. Whatever um, that area is called <laughs> right. by attacker spawn. So, like, yeah, you see That's that area used difference. pretty commonly on Haven, but yeah. not a ton do you see, like, attacker spawn proper being used. Um, well, I will say, uh, I'm going to push back on that a little bit to say that I do see it a solid amount. First of all, I really like going there because if if I'm playing uh, B or A, well, really if I'm playing C is what I mean, and they're pushing A... If I kind of camp out in their spawn, I can hit it. I can have a pretty nasty angle across for the rotate that people are almost never going to check. And if you remember the very famous clip from uh, the very first ever international uh, LAN for Valorant uh, Masters yeah, yeah. Reykjavik last year, there was the famous uh, vanity um, flip, uh, f- uh, flicking on someone who was going to knife him, and that was in attacker spawn. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Haven Attacker Spawn does end up getting some situational use. Obviously, sure. people aren't have enough party there every round, mm-hmm. but it definitely is there sometimes. Um. Okay, let's see. A fracture, I'll give it to you. Attacker well, Spawn is just... proper gets gets used a good amount, but like you know, fracture. I, I wouldn't. Design I won't, is inherently... You said you're going to give fracture to me. I'm not going to take it. <laughs> fracture is so different. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's, um, I wouldn't throw that as a point yeah. on my side. Uh. uh okay. Like, Breeze, I mean, attacker spawn proper, rarely used, but, like, similar to Haven, the area right yeah. outside of attacker spawn frequently gets use. Um, right, right. So I'd say that one kind of counts. Split isn't in the map pool. Uh, we've gone over that. What, what map? What am I missing here? I'm missing something, right? Um. Okay, I have the maps open. I don't know why I don't check. Oh, Icebox. Icebox. Okay, attacker spawn gets used in icebox. Not, not again. Not yeah. attacker spawn proper, but like attacker spawn adjacent. Um, well, yeah. And the interesting thing is, you can see attacker spawn from miles away on icebox, like the whole of it. Unlike yeah, but if house. someone's like properly camping and like actually attacker spawn, like dude, I never check that shit. <laughs> like if someone true, if, true. if someone on attack is posted up there with an opt is waiting for the flank, like dude, I never clear that angle. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've gotten shot from there and then cleared it for the rest of that game. And then, mm. of course, gone back to not clearing it after that yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I never More often than not, it'll be okay to not clear it. <laughs> I never cleared that one. Okay, yeah. so I guess you've got a point. Like, well, attacker guess, spawn and could, attacker yeah. side. Or, like, attacker spawn and attacker spawn adjacent, if we lump those together on bind, yeah, almost never see use. Um, well, could I uh, add a little bit to this real quick, Cass? Mm-hmm. Um. If we go back to ascent, the thing is, right, if you're if you're on attack and you've pushed a little bit towards A and then you decide you want to rotate, your two options are rotate safe through spawn or rotate through mid, which is very much not safe. You have to contest that ground. What um what Whereas map are we talking point, about? What'd you say? What what was the first map you were speaking of there? I just missed that. Oh, ascent. ascent. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so on Ascent 8, you're on A, you go through mid, sure. which is, you have to contest, or you go safe through your spawn. Um, and then, but if you compare that to bind, if you're pushing A and you want to, deci- and you're deciding to rotate, 
even if you take the teleporters completely out of it, you have short caves and defender spawn. Uh, sorry, short caves and attacker spawn as options. And of those, short gets used 80%, of, well, probably like 90% of the time. Caves gets used, yeah, probably even less than 10%. And then, def- and then attacker spawn is just like never used. So yeah. that's my point. There's all those options, but it's really only one of them getting used. And so that's why the rest of it feels kind of like wasted space. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, like there's, no, there's basically no reason to be an attacker spawn unless you're saving. Yeah, um, yeah, and caves for the most part too. I mean, how much time do you spend in caves on either side of the of the equation on bind. I personally, I certainly don't spend very much. I mean, okay. Before the barriers drop, I actually use caves a decent amount because I want to put my chamber trap up in short. Yeah. I mean, then I want to get over. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. It's like, like I use it to get from like, cause I want to put my, I want to put my, um, my trap up in short and then I want to rotate off to like push showers or something. Right. So, well, yeah, I mean, along yeah. those lines, along what you're saying, you could just remove the V, put attacker spawn in the center of caves, and yes. basically nothing would change about how bind played. Yes. Because you could still do that. It makes saving a bit harder on attack, but yes. Sure, Um sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay, I, I, I absolutely see what you're saying. It does feel like a lot of wasted space. Um, yeah. I, I don't see how they could do anything about that. I mean, obviously, they could just make the V shorter, but then... Yeah, I don't think that would solve the issue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of where you would draw a, if, a like, line. I'm, th- I'm thinking, right. like, what if they added, like, maybe, like, a cheeky third teleporter somewhere? That could be cool. And then, you know, you can connect... Okay, you know how like in um uh, uh uh on what map is it? On ascent, you know how those doors that you can close, like the gimmick of ascent, like yeah. they're they're inactive for call it like the first five seconds of a round, give or take. Yes. Um, because I had the brilliant idea one time of oh, well at the start of the round, why don't I just put this wall down and fucking break it? Um. I had that brilliant idea before, and then I went to do it, and I was like, oh, I can't do this This yet. doesn't work. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking, what if yeah. it was like a, a cheeky teleporter, kind of like nearer to the attacker spawn V area that um, linked up with somewhere else uh, mm. that wasn't active at the start of the round? I like it. I like it a lot. So, like, you know... I don't know how much time you would want to put onto that. Call it like, I don't know, maybe just 10 or 15 seconds. Um, Because if you have somebody camping that out, they're obviously not going to be able to help your team at all for the first bit of the round. Um, Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I have an idea, Cass. I'm not sure if this is a good idea, but I'm excited by it. Um, What if... Uh, the location of the teleport is exactly what you described. It's accessible to attackers, uh, maybe in the V, maybe in caves, whatever. Um, but it's two entrances next to each other, and one of them takes you to the A exit, and one of them takes you to the B exit. So you can decide which one you want to go to from the same location. I don't know UI-wise how that would work. I was going to say, like... Well, I'm saying two separate... It's sure, one labeled sure, A, sure. one labeled B. Sure, yeah. and again, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but, like, mm-hmm. 
what if you could go from like attacker spawn to defender spawn? I had the same thought both, as well, but I was teams, like, is that too busted? <laughs> okay, both teams have access to this, but it's not available for, call it, the first 20 seconds of a round. Yeah. I also feel like if this was a thing, it needs to have, be a different sound than the other teleporters and be heard literally all over the map. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know if someone's gone to your spawn at any point. Right. Now, obviously there are... Yoru and or Omen shenanigans that could be done with this. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think there could be any chamber shenanigans. Because I think it's too far for you to get any kind of TP action going yeah. on to fake a TP, but like... I would tend to agree. I think there, there's like... Oh, the Omen shenanigans is the most obvious one. Um, just because it's not as valuable, I would say, as Yoru's TP, the Omen TP. Um, but, you know, I I kind of like it. I, I, I don't know if it would be busted or not. And yes, I, I 100% agree. It should have a, a global audio cue. I don't know if it should be a different sound, but like my initial thought process was it would have a different sound. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you on that because I just feel like, um, you know, there's no other map where you can, like, directly go to someone's spawn. And so I feel like you would need a very clear indication that that's happening when it happens. Mm -hmm. Not to be like, oh, shoot, which teleporter is that? I feel like that could be really frustrating. Right, right. I don't mind it having its own unique sound, but, like, one of the other yeah. things I was thinking is, like, is there any reason why you don't get the full audio cue when you toss, like, your pistol through? Or, like, a utility through? Like, it, it doesn't give the same audio cue as, like, a person actually right. going through. And I, I, I can't see why that's a thing. Like, if you look at, um, like, Squeaky, for example, on Fracture, same audio yeah. cue, regardless of how it gets open. Same thing with a drop on Breeze. Same audio cue, no matter how you go about it. Like, I, I don't see why the teleporters need to have a different audio cue. And I think that there are... Now, obviously, this is a slight Yoru and Omen nerf on these maps. But... Uh-oh. I, I, I don't see why you wouldn't just be, like, able to, to fake it with, like, your pistol. And it's not like you're doing it for free. You now don't have a pistol for the rest of the round, you know? Yeah, and, you know, if you use utility, that's also expensive. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's not free. I mean, I guess technically the classic is free, but, like, now you don't have a secondary. So. Yeah, you know, here's, here's the thing, Cass. As I think about this, first of all, I do agree that it's a little weird that it's different, but as you were describing the idea of making it all the same, I thought that, I think what that would be, the effect of that would be it would really slow the map down. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Because basically, whenever you hear a TP sound, now you have to respect that for a really long time. And that could have been done with minimal utility and or secondary <laughs> weapon investment. Yeah, see, I, um, I, don't, 
I don't know if I fully because people agree would that. absolutely be spamming the TPs, especially defenders at the start of the round, chucking all kinds of shit through those. Yeah, but I I, I don't know if I fully agree with that because there's the okay. There there are two aspects to this, right? Number mm-hmm. one, I feel like it could incentivize you to be like, oh, we need to take sight. You know, like, when you're getting pushed really hard from, like, the other, and, like, take, like, say that they didn't take TP, but you get info that, like, there are two people, like, crunching you in short. Right? You're, you're your an options, attacker and they're flying yeah, you from yeah, B. Yeah, you're an, you're an attacker pushing A, right? Yep. And you, you get a call out that, like, two people are just, like, absolutely just, like, running it down short, guns blazing, right? You got two options there, right? Either, ah, fuck, we take sight. Or you can try to go back and fight them, right? Yeah. But I think it it, it, it it's like a, a you need to deal with this kind of situation, right? There there's it doesn't just slow things down. It's not like oh let's just huddle up and watch angles and see what happens. Like I, I feel like that that pressure causes a reaction from the attacking team to do something, or same way with the defending team, right? Like, if you hear the TP go off a bunch of times, it, it forces a reaction. So, so first of all, I would agree that it for, oh, Go ahead, go ahead. I like, I, I'm saying, I don't necessarily... Like, obviously, we'd have to see it in practice. But I don't necessarily know if it would slow everything down to, like, a grinding halt. Well, my thought is that... My thought on that is that um, when you say it forces a reaction, I agree. The issue is that I feel like that reaction has to be prolonged and somewhat passive because someone can exit the TP at any time. So basically, at the start of the round, you hear a TP, your position towards A, you very quickly hear a TP uh, at the B, the teleporter that's from B long to behind showers. You hear the sound, you just hear one. Mm-hmm. You could wait a full minute. And not know if someone was just sitting in there chilling or if they chucked their classic in. And if you didn't have someone, and if you don't have perfect intel on where everyone is, you, excuse me, you still have no idea about that. So, like, yes, you could respond to that by, you know, just saying, oh, well, let's rush on to site. But, you know, now you got to be constantly, like, watching your back and, and thinking about it. And that's going to slow you down. Or it should. Well... I don't know if slow you down is the right word, but it's going to take someone's attention away. And I feel like, you know, just sitting by a TP or having someone watching a TP waiting to see if there was a gun or a person in there is just not fun gameplay. Sure, but I I feel like... Like, okay, so a person hears a TP come up behind them, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you hold that for a couple seconds, see if anybody pops out. Yeah. Okay. And say nobody pops out, right? Now you're thinking, okay, maybe somebody just chucked their gun through. Maybe somebody just tossed a piece of utility in there. Uh, For sure. Let me, like, let me, um, like, I should put showers here. Let me take control of showers. Now that you've gotten control of showers and you're helping your team get onto site, now that you got spike down, now you can refocus your attention onto that area. And now is it possible for the other person to get a timing on you? Yes, it is, but that's always been the case. Like, it's always just been possible for someone to get a timing on you because, like, you know, Yoru and Omen exist, right? (laughs) 
like I, now I, I know that yeah. like I, I know that it hasn't been as commonly used as of late. But like I, I do know a bunch of omens who would constantly be doing TP shenanigans like that, but messing oh, yeah. with audio cues. From the start of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, because it, it, it puts in that, that sense of paranoia. Like, are they behind me? Are they not? Did they fake it? And I don't necessarily I feel like that didn't necessarily ruin the the speed and the gameplay of Bind. And I feel like the, the teleporters currently are almost a bit of an afterthought. It's like Late in the round, oh, I need to rotate. Let me hit the teleporter on either side, right? Just because it has that super loud audio, it's like, ah, shit. They got they got spiked down B. I'm over on A. I need to help my team. Sure, I could slow rotate through um, through short and try to be all quiet about it, and then maybe they won't be thinking about paying attention to hookah, but that takes a while. Or I can just be like, hey, fuck it, I'm here, and jump through the TP, right? But again, that's <laughs> later on in the round. Um, and I feel like that, that happens a lot on, on, on both sides of the coin, right? It's like, oh, like, well, we kind of have a bit of a site, but we don't really have enough control to get plant down. Like, we're really getting pressured here. Let's fuck off and go to B. Hopefully everybody's rotated off and there's nobody chilling in hookah with a, with a judge. Um, but I, again, I feel like the TPs are often considered as an afterthought. And I think if you remove that, the element of did they actually TP, did they not, or you perhaps just changed where the TPs go, right? Like, I feel like, but I feel like you got to do something to incentivize the TP use, right? Yeah, I, I uh, first of all, I think that there are some ways to use the TPs that you're not really considering that add a bit of variety. You know, first is the A push that you get a little bit of space, but then your showers push fails and you want to go to B and then you have someone lurking B, like I was kind of describing. Mm -hmm. Or you, you're a defender on B long and, you know, you can... I, I love doing this. I do it a lot as Yoru, but I also do it as other characters uh, where you immediately jump across past orb as a defender, B long, to like the cubby by the teleporter. And then if things get, you know... Hot and heavy over there, you can hit the teleporter and leave. And obviously, yeah, you're running, you're putting yourself out of position, but you're saving your life, and you can run to a short, take that teleporter back, and you're back to helping your. Then you're kind of going from defending site to flanking, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um. So, but the long story short is, I am agreeing that it'd be good for some changes and changing where the teleporters go, adding a third teleporter to spawn. I like all those ideas. I'm just not liking the idea of being able to create, like, like you said, the fake teleport creates paranoia. And I think that being able to create paranoia for very low cost constantly, I think could get old and frustrating. Okay. What and if I also think it's, I also think it's a, a big benefit to the defense as well. And it makes the map much more defender sided. Because the B long teleporter in particular is very easy takeable by the very easily takeable by the defense, mm -hmm. and the A short teleporter is also probably more takeable by the defense than the offense. Maybe not, but like if they know if you know they're pushing B, you immediately can start doing stuff there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the idea of mixing up the teleporters, I'm good with. Try it out. 
Yeah, I know. I, I, I think something needs to be done with the teleporters to incentivize their use, because, like... And, like, I mean, I got a similar opinion with the, um... Uh, with with drop on on breeze, like a uh, fracture. You mean? No, like the 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 loud drop noise thing in holes. Oh, on oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, right, right. You know, it just yeah, feels that, like, that shows how important it is. That I yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, like that one's that one's <laughs> yeah. the that one's the elephant in the room of gimmicks. That like, why the fuck is this here? Um, I would tend to agree. Yeah, honestly, I think they could just, like, cut the sound cue down hugely by, like, at least half. And it would get a lot more use already from that. Because, like, if, you, if you're, like, just past pillar, like, towards top mid, and you can't hear someone using shoot, mm-hmm. that changes a lot of how you play mid. Whereas right now, you can be, like, anywhere in mid and hear shoot and be like, well, there's a guy there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I, I, I don't know what to do about shoot or drop or whatever, but, like, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I, that's I why I didn't like, recognize yeah. it. Jokes aside, it's because it's called shoot, not drop. So there yeah, we go. Okay, I feel a little fine. bit better. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, like, I, I want the gimmicks to be to be used, you know? Like, Ascent. There's mm-hmm. breakable doors. If that's the, Those like, breakable that's door doors are used the, almost those, every the, round. Yeah, those breakable yeah. doors are used almost every single round. On, yeah. on, uh, on Icebox, I'd say... Most rounds, you have somebody using the ropes. Yeah. Um, Split's not in the map pool. Let's not talk about that. Well, I mean, I guess uh, Icebox is if you're going A, but, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I, I guess on B, like... Yeah, the rope yeah, is much okay. more situational the, the B is on B, much but more on A, on B. it's hugely used, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, but, like, the other... The other added thing is being able to plant up high like icebox was kind of the first map that allowed you to do that right at the time that was also included in like the gimmick um right, was the verticality right. a plant spot which now other maps have but whatever um like fracture i mean the gimmick is inherent like it gets used yeah. literally almost every single round i guess occasionally you see a five-man push through somewhere but like for the most part it gets used every single round. Yeah, um, and even even if you look in round, it's not like super commonly used in the middle of the round, but when it is used, it can result in some, you know, huge plays if it's used well. Right. So I really I mean, like that as a d- Just the fact that there, there are two spawns, right? Like there are two attacker spawns. Like I, I, yeah. I personally refer to them as attacker spawn and alt spawn, or like alternate spawn. Um, but like... Yeah, it's kind of rare that you don't get somebody doing something with one of them, you know. Oh, um, absolutely. Or just like there are four orbs on the map. Somebody's like, "Oh, they're W key and A. Let me just go grab this orb real quick, and then let me run over to this. I grab the other orb real quick, and now I got a lockdown." Um. Yeah, and that's especially true since there are some really impactful ultimates on Fracture. Yeah, like you like, breach all lockdown, killjoy all, yeah, brim alt. Uh, yeah, yeah, brim alt. Um. If you're playing a Viper, Viper alt, like, there are a bunch of really huge alts. Um, yeah. See, so yeah, it, like, if you include having four orbs as part of the gimmick, that gets used, I'd say, fairly often. Uh, yeah, I just feel like the teleporters on Bind, like, it's not that they don't get used. It's like, but there are a good number of rounds in which nobody touches the teleporter. Yeah. Um... 
we've missed the map once again. But uh, I I don't know. Does yeah? I guess. Oh, let's patrol... see. Let's see. Fracture. Oh, Haven. Haven. Uh, yeah, Haven has three bomb yeah. sites that gets used all the fucking time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pearl, that's not in the competitive queue yet, but like, I don't know if we talked about Split, but it's not in the map pool. Yeah, I mean, Split has vents and sewers, which like I'd say get get a decent amount of use. Yeah, and I think both of those are really good gimmicks. As yeah. Well. Um, and then you've got uh, like Pearl. Technically, it has the gimmick, and like it has that CS area that you need to crouch to get through. Uh, we haven't seen that in competitive yet, so I don't know how actual useful that will be. Well, yeah, um, and the and the devs came out with Pearl, and they said that they weren't going for a as notable of a gimmick with Pearl as well. Yeah, yeah. They're just trying to, you know, do something different with the way they design a map. Right. Um, and, I, and personally, I love it. I've been really enjoying Pearl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like, like the teleporters outside of Haven, right? Haven being... It has three bomb sites, and Fracture being there are two attacker spawns. Like, the most in-your-face one about it is Bind, with its very audible, very in-your-face teleports, or teleporters, yeah. which, like, I, I feel like just don't get enough use, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, maybe part of the solution here, Cass, is to just drastically decrease the audio range of the teleports. Because a big reason why they're used so formulaically is because it's such an announcement when you go through one. If you had if you had to be significantly closer to hear one going off. Actually, wait a minute, I'm trying to think. Can you hear both teleporters from anywhere in the map? I'm pretty sure. No? I'm pretty sure you can hear them from anywhere. Yeah, so you know, what if I think you're right. So what if you know, what if there was a sound range? Because like, you know, suppose you're a defender on A site. You see that they've pushed into short a little bit, but you've killed their person coming from showers. You know they haven't gained much ground. But, you know, you're not just, like, peeking for free from heaven. You're dodging and weaving. You're fighting for your life out there. And then you see them seem to retreat. Maybe one pushes on sight, and you think maybe they hit the teleporter. Maybe not. You can't really tell because you weren't close enough to hear it. You know, that very much adds an element of intrigue that isn't there now, where it's just like, oh, I heard exactly three hit the TP. I feel like, though, somebody, gone. at least for the A-short teleport, somebody's going to be in range of that thing. Uh, maybe. Like, I, I, I'd feel like... Well, it depends like... on how big the range is. <laughs> sure, really sure, sure. Yeah. But, like, unless the range is fucking minuscule. If you had to be, like, audio footstep range, like, chances are somebody somebody on the defending team is going to be in that range. Right? Like it, it, it's, oh, I was thinking smaller than that. It's a very yeah. central area. It is a very central area, for sure. Yeah, I guess what I was sort of thinking is, like, if we, if we just look at the teleporter connecting the sites, the short one, um, I was thinking if you're in lamps on defender side, you can hear the teleporter. If you're in a hookah on defender side, you can hear the teleporter. Otherwise, basically anything further that is is no. I see what you're that's, saying. That's sort of how I was picturing it. Right. Yeah, I was thinking U-Haul and then, like, the area of the site that you could plant the bomb on, you'd be able to hear it. Oh, sure, I'd give you that. Yeah. It's just that, you know, you're probably not just standing there. No, but <laughs> you, might be on the other, you might be on the other side of the truck outside of U-Haul. Sure, I would, okay, if what you're going to basically, wait. okay, if basically what you're yeah. going to say is somebody in showers can't hear it and somebody in heaven can't hear it, sure. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, say they kill the person holding U-Haul. Say the attackers kill the defender who's holding U-Haul. And now, let's just go ahead and assume you're running a, uh, a three defender, three defenders on A setup. So you got one person heaven and one person showers, and then neither of those people could hear if the rotate was coming through. You know, yeah. maybe there's something to be said about that. Yeah. I don't know. But, sure. There could be something to be said about that. Um... I feel like as much as we would like to speculate about um, where adding a new TP or changing the TPs, if we think practically, I feel like that would be the easiest thing to change that could possibly have an impact. Yeah. Like to start with. I still kind of hey, like, I kind of like, like the caves. Yeah, I kind of like the caves to, like caves to defender spawn TP. Yeah, actually, that that we I like combine it. both ideas. I like we could say, that. Yeah, we could say no, but that one, that one, you that one has global audio. On yeah, yeah, that one has yeah, yeah, global yeah. audio cue. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah you, you, uh, you beat me to the punch. Exactly. That one's global audio. The other two have a limited range. I like it. I'd have to see it in practice, but like, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I like the idea. And obviously, as we stated before, you can't just use it right at the beginning of the round. Yeah, yeah, you gotta wait, call yeah. it 20 seconds before that one's available to you. Um, also, it's a good thing that I was on the podcast this time, Cass, because we've already established that Riot listens to me the most. They gave me the <laughs> Neptune Vandal, they gave me the Six Stinger skin, they gave me Yoru buffs lately. I mean, Riot is just... They, they listen and do exa- everything I say. All so over your dick. Expect those um, changes soon. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well... Almost going to continue beating a dead horse. You got anything else, Dad? I'm surprised we talked that long about this, but I enjoyed it. I I don't. Okay. Um. No, I, I know I asked you very uh very last minutey to to bring a topic. Did you did you have one or? Nah. <laughs> I I tried to think about it, um, but my three hours of sleep plus eight hours of driving brain wasn't coming up with a lot. Hey, fair um, enough. That being said, um. You know, I'm open to suggestions. I'll see if I can sort of, you know, word salad something out here. Right. I, yeah, I, I know I did not give you a uh, a, a ton of uh, heads up on this regard. Um, yeah, for the for the listeners, it was about 45 minutes. Give or take, yeah. <laughs> heads up. Um, okay, well, the next thing that we're going to talk about is, is somebody making a post on, on Reddit that I vehemently disagree with. Mm. In contrast to the one that we just talked about in which, like, I sort of agreed with. I don't know. I was kind of sitting on the fence on this one. But on this one, I yeah. just vehemently disagree with. And this guy was saying, oh boy. Let's can hear people it. stop buying half armor plus Vandal on the fucking second round? Um, and I'm just going <laughs> to read out the rest of it. He's like, go ahead. Like, Jesus, please. Every teammate that I have buys a Phantom Vandal on second round, always dies and never gets it picked up. Um, or just like ends up dying, you know, giving the other team the gun, feeding it away. And they're just like, just please stick to a Spectre. Please. And you know what? No. Because I'm going to come out swinging and say that I totally agree with you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I like my round two vandal or phantom Mm -hmm. when I'm not the entry. Now, if I'm playing jet, I'm buying a fucking specter because chances are I'm going to die on entry and I don't want to give up that vandal. But that aside, yeah. if I'm playing chamber and I'm sitting back in a more passive role anyway, 
You know what's a really fucking nice round three? A Vandal. Yeah. Like, being able to bring that Vandal into the third round and have a much better chance of converting your bonus? Huge. And I think you're you're throwing away a lot of potential if you're not even considering buying um buying a vandal or a phantom. Um for yeah, the rest of this conversation totally, for the rest of this conversation I'm gonna try to just refer to them as the Fandal. <laughs> cool, like mixing cool. the two of them together. Um, this episode it, is sponsored by FanDuel. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't really matter which one you're buying, basically, because there's there's a damn near guarantee that the enemy team is not going to have uh, full shields round two, assuming they lost the pistol. And, like, if yeah. you lose the pistol and you manage to buy a, a Phantom or Vandal second round, like, I don't know how you're doing it, but, like, hey, good for you. I don't know, maybe you... Probably hacking. So no, not good for you. Okay, let's say you ace. Yeah. But you don't defuse in time. Or, better yet... No, 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 no. You're on attack. You're on attack. Your team planted spike. You ace. No, that's not possible, because you can't ace, and then the other team defuse. Well, yeah, you could. You could, because they could defuse it, and then you get the last kill. You're right. You're right. So they defuse it, and then I swing, then I get that kill. So I've aced, but I lost the round. Oh, no, that doesn't work, because then you've lived through the round. So you get, like, a lot less money. I don't, know if it, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know if it works like that. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the main way in which that monetary thing affects you is... Yeah. I, I think it's exclusively... And don't, don't quote me on this, but I, I'm pretty sure it's exclusively when you're on attack and you didn't plant, or when you're on defense and you let the spike go off. I'm pretty sure those are the only oh. two scenarios... In which you only get 1k. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat confident huh. that if you plant Spike, but the enemy team defuses it, and you live Excuse through, you get, you get the loss bonus? I'm going to look this up right now because I'm really curious. I... The more that I think about it, I just feel like I haven't seen that scenario enough for it to come up. And typically the person had a a rifle anyway and was thinking like, oh, there's no way they're sticking it. They're faking, right? And then and then it gets diffused. So, like, they had a rifle to begin with. Um, and so they don't need to buy another one next round. So I don't really know what the money situation is. Uh, yeah, the more that I think about it, the more I just don't actually know. Um, one second. Okay, so it's interesting. I had to dig at this one because the first two articles that I found just said $1,000 if you live during a loss. Mm -hmm. But then I went to the Valorant Wiki, which seems to be very accurate. And it says this. I haven't even fully read it myself yet. So this is breaking news, sort of. (laughs) So the credits are reduced to 1,000 with no loss streak bonus in the following scenarios. Any attackers that survive a round without planning the spike. And any defenders still alive after the spike has detonated. So that was the, that was exactly what I said. 
Okay. I, the, the, the language that you used for the defender yeah. one was different enough that my brain didn't okay, really okay. match it up. But there you go. You are correct, which I, I was am correct. Uh, surprised by. Let's go! Good, good yeah. shit, Cass. Um. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so I was correct about that good one. Thing I didn't bet you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would have taken your bet on that one. I don't know if I was confident <laughs> enough to. I was pretty confident, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, it wasn't a surefire. Um, yeah. Okay, so I think that's definitely, uh, like, yeah, I, I think there's definitely something that could potentially happen, is second round, you can somehow manage to bring out Phantom Vandal and Half Shields. Yes, yes, that supports our idea. There. It is technically I don't possible. feel like doing the math, but I'm quite sure it's yeah, possible. I'm quite sure yeah. it's possible. Is it a good idea? Especially, and I started to say this before, but I was kind of we were kind of talking at the same mm-hmm. time before. Especially if you use the NRG strat of not buying any utility and no gun upgrades. Oh, that was the one. that was the accrue strat. You're right. Not a, not NRG. Yeah. It was accrue. You're right. Okay, so it is technically possible. Yeah. Okay. But now that we cross that off the board, you probably shouldn't do it. If you lose pistol, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was such a long tangent. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but at any rate, I agree that the Spectre is a really fucking good gun, but it, it doesn't oh. translate. <laughs> I'm gonna have as to cut well. that out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. But it doesn't translate as well into round three. That's just yes. That's a fact. Um, mm-hmm. and then same thing with like uh. I don't know. What are other common second round buys? I guess like Marshall translates better than Spectre, I would say, assuming you're a, a sniper player, right? Like if you're a yeah, chamber or a jet and you've got the practice with the Marshall, like Marshall translates fairly well. Um, on defense, mostly on attack, it doesn't translate as well. But uh, like, I, I definitely think there's something to be said about having one or two rifles going into the second round because especially if they're the teammates that are playing back if they do happen to whiff away along a long gun duel it happens right somebody you get marshaled in the head yeah or somebody outguns you with, with a specter right you you picassoed their outline you know I've, I've been there i've done that but so long I as you're staying clips. back and you're not like boom in the middle of the gunfight or in the middle of all the action chances are your teammate can recover that gun right and more often than not you have at least two people living on or like after round two assuming you convert your anti-eco um so like i i feel like chances are those guns should make it through to round three obviously there's some exceptions to that rule but I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it's it, it's a valuable thing to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and if I if I could elaborate a little bit more, um, you know, before we long before the podcast was even a twinkle in Casserai's eye, <laughs> when I first started playing the game, I hadn't even met Casser Chase yet. Um, I thought a lot about, you know the significance of armor or lack thereof. And as such, I feel like I can kind of guess where the Reddit poster is coming from. 
I think his thought is, you know, if you're buying a rifle and you're not buying full armor to fully protect yourself, then you're really risking your significant investment of that rifle. Whereas if you buy a cheaper gun and you can buy full armor to protect your, protect yourself, then, well, you can bonus with that and you're kind of chilling. And I think where that breaks down is that when you have a Phantom or a Vandal, you have a lot of one-tap potential. Infinite one-tap potential with the Vandal, situational one-tap potential with the uh, Phantom. Um, and first of all, if you one-tap someone, then it doesn't matter what armor you have if you hit them before they hit you. And then, assuming that the other team isn't doing anything wacky and managing to buy a rifle like we just described... There is literally no scenario, if you one pistol and you're going into round two, where the other team could have a weapon that will kill you if you have 125 health, but not if you have 150 health. Guardian and Marshall both head tap you either way. Technically, oh, there is one. There is one. The sheriff. Technically, the sheriff. The sheriff. Yeah, now, yeah, okay, okay. I believe that uh, is man. stupid. The sheriff should <laughs> that's, not that's 145. Yes, but... Yeah, Technically but that's the, the only one. Yeah. Right. So since that's oh, there's only one situation in which that applies, having a gun that has really good firepower that's great if you live with it, and just a little bit of extra protection and for chip damage, which there's a lot of chip damage that happens in, against the save, it, it makes sense. And so that's where the guy's logic breaks down. Yeah. And it's, I, not, I, it's not worth, you know, waiting for full shields just because you might get Sheriff Headdinged. Right. And... Like, I often do call out to my team, like, hey, like, guys, I'm going to get a Vandal here. I'm going to play a bit farther back, like, you know, a bit more passively. That's not going to say that I'm not going to help out with the side take at all. It's just right. I'm going to be I'm gonna be lingering a bit further back. If I die, I want to die in an area in which the enemy team is going to have a very difficult time recollecting this Vandal. Um, right, right. Or in the... Or just be in an area in which my teammate can very easily recover that Vandal. Um, so, I feel like... Like, yeah, like, it, like, I... And again, as I stated, I would not do this as a jet who's going to smoke and dash into sight. Right? Like, even if I could afford full shields Phantom Vandal... I don't think I would. Because if I'm entering, there, there's a good chance I'm going to die that round. It's obviously not a guarantee, you know? Like, mm -hmm. there, 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 again, is a solid shot if I'm going up against a team who's full saving, right? That I smoke and dash onto site, and I, I gun down a bunch of people, and then, boom, we win. And I, I get to keep my gun. But, hmm. As the person who is entering, you are just you're just more likely to die. That that's just a fact. Um, Which is why a round two buy as an entry of full shield stinger is fantastic. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> eh. I don't know about that one. Okay, I, actually though, I, I don't know if we've gotten your 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 full on unadulterated take on this. Um, now that you've gone through an entire act of having to play with the Spectre because you weren't allowed to play with the Stinger, have right, your opinions right. changed? Like, do you think you will ever see yourself buying a Spectre when the money is right? Um, it brings me some pain to admit this, Cass. Uh, however, you know, 
being honest on the Drunk Valorant podcast is important. And I will say, I did gain a bit of an appreciation for the Spectre as a result of having to use it. Um, I still vastly prefer the Stinger. Um, but the thing that I appreciated about the Spectre that I hadn't really thought of before is before I had said, um, you know, the Spectre is outclassed by every weapon in terms of there's no range at which the Spectre is the best gun to have. And that was my biggest issue with the Spectre. Um, and that is still true. However, what I've realized is that if, especially if you're playing an age, well, regardless of what you're doing, if by positioning and, and or utility usage, you can put yourself in a position where you have an advantage over the other person. It's not an even gunfight then the Spectre provides a lot of versatility to where, you know, you can, if you, get to, if you get shots off before the other person, kill someone at a variety of ranges. And the run and gun is nice as well, um, such that, yeah, you know, you can get value out of it. So there actually have been sometimes, particularly on defense, if I don't want to buy an Ares that I have been buying Spectre, like, this, in this in this act. So, I am now an occasional Spectre player after okay. having used it. So, there yeah. you have it. All right, good, 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 curious to hear. Yeah, I, I was wondering if you were just going to die hard, just go back to the, uh, back to the Stinger. Um, well, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. If I'm on offense and I'm entering, I will always prefer a Stinger in my hands. I, I still, I haven't, my love for the Stinger hasn't decreased. It's just that I now see a bit more of the value of the Spectre in some cases. Okay. I see that I still wouldn't want to have that Spectre in my hands on attack, but like, hey, to each their Spectre? own. Did you mean Stinger? Sting, Spectre. No, yeah, yeah, Stinger. I meant Stinger. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, okay. they're, they're too fucking similar in name. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but, but yes. Um, the, the Spectre just like... Oh, it just it just feels better, dude. Like, oh, it's the same reason why I didn't like the Scorpion in Black Ops Two. Things, it's just like I don't I don't like the all out bullet hose. It's yeah. just not for me, you know. And it, I, to a large point, yeah, it, it's interesting because you know if the if they were the same price, you would say it's just personal preference. But the fact that they are significantly different in price as well, it makes it more like it's personal preference. Plus it does change your economic strategy as well, at least to an extent. So that's why it's a little more convoluted mm -hmm. because if they're the same price, I would just say it's personal preference and I wouldn't, you know, be as anti-specter as I am. And I still am somewhat anti-specter, just not as, not as much of a, <laughs> an extremist mm -hmm. anti-specter, uh, operative as I used to be. Right, right, right. Um, But, you know, going back to this guy's original point, I will say that, like, the Spectre is still pretty fucking good. Like, you can, like, with good strategy and good execution, you can absolutely turn a bonus round if you're sitting on five Spectres. Yeah, I would agree. Now, it, it might require a bit of wacky play. Maybe it results in your team being a bit of a rat or a, a cluster of rats. On one site, and it's like, hey, let's pretend like we're not on A, 
and then the enemy team strolls out onto A, and you just all pop out of ratty-ass corners and spray people down while running back and forth, right? Or you just aggressively push something with, like, three people, right? Like, you can obviously turn mm. the tides around with the Spectre, and I think it's absolutely good enough. And if your team decides to, to buy five Spectres round two, I think that's a valid option. Yeah, especially since you could do Spectre plus full shields. Right. I just don't think it's valid to criticize one or two people in your team buying the Fandle. Unless they're Phoenix and they're entering. And then in that case, yes. I think in it's which fair. case, yeah, perhaps you can <laughs> yeah. criticize them. Um, right. Now, if somebody did well enough in Pistol to be able to get the, the good old full shields Vandal Phantom and they're just feeling it, probably not going to call them out on it. Just let them... Let them make that play. But I'm probably going to try to yeah. follow them up and try to get that gun in case they die. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is why, like... Okay, so there, there was a round that, that you, me... There was a game that you, me, and Chase were in. And I died... I died in the first pistol round, right? But somebody on a team brought over a... A... Um, uh, 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 a sheriff and ended up dropping me the sheriff and then purchased a phantom or vandal for round two Ooh. um yeah so now i'm sitting on sheriff they've got rifle and either full or half shields i don't remember but then now i'm in like the round goes to shit we just get up close classic and then i'm last alive in a I don't know, 1v3 or 1v4. Um, and I remember you were about to give me a bunch of criticism for not buying in. Oh, and just, yes, and just, yes. just having the sheriff. And I ended up right. clutching it out. Um, that was legitimately one of the coolest plays any of us <laughs> has ever done. And, uh, yeah, I also didn't realize at the time that someone had given you the sheriff. I thought you just went sheriff only. And I was like, what the fuck? Really? No, no, yeah. Someone gave me the sheriff. Yeah. And my idea was like, hey, um, I'm not spending anything this round. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to do two things. Number one, I'm guaranteed to be able to buy rifle full into the next round. And then even if we lose that bone or quote unquote bonus, like I'll still have enough money to buy up round four. And then the other idea was, I know that there are multiple people on our team that are coming in with bulldogs and, or a fandle. So if yeah. one of those guys dies, I can pick that up and then carry it into, um, into round three, which I ended up carrying a vandal into round three. Um, but yeah, and I will say just to provide a little more context for this, this wasn't just oh, Cass clutched a one v one when he had Spike down on offense. This was we were on offense, we lost Spike. Defenders had full control of Spike, and Cass won a one v three with only a sheriff. It was really nice. Um, okay, but at any rate, I realized regardless of whether I won that or not, I did make one crucial mistake. What's that? I should have been second man onto site or third man onto site mm. because I have the sheriff, right? I should be I following see. somebody up. My, my team who is, who is pushing in and is hopefully not doing zero damage to somebody with a rifle and losing to a classic, right? Like hopefully yeah. you're doing some damage to them to the point where I can probably body shot them with just a sheriff and get the kill. Um, and right, then I can right. pick up your gun. 
Like, I, I, I will agree that, in hindsight, I think it was a huge mistake for me to be watching Flank with the Sheriff. I will say, I, I went in, I was KO in that game. I went in with a stinger, got a kill, and died. So you could have uh, been following me and picked up my stinger. So, you know, you're lost there. I would rather keep the Sheriff in my hands. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm very aware. Yeah, but... Like, I, I, I do agree that it was absolutely a mistake for me to not be one of the people pushing site. And we probably should have had, I believe Chase had a bulldog, probably should have had Chase watching the flank there. Um, especially because he was playing Sova. He can still get his darts and everything onto site for us that we can play off of. And then he could have be holding, like, he could have held the flank. And I should have been more aggressive and gotten onto site and hopefully grabbed one of those guns. Um... And keep yeah. them out of enemy hands. So yeah, I was basic. What I was basically trying to get at is, despite the fact that that round ended up working out for me, if you are going to stick to an upgraded pistol, I don't think you should be the entry, but you should you should probably be following up your entry. Um, or I mean, I, I you were playing chamber, but I think if you're playing like for example Ko, I think you know you could entry with it. Yeah, sure. But, like, even then, like, I feel like your entry should have some upgraded firepower around, too. You know? Yeah, I guess it depends on what it is. I guess I'm really specifically thinking of if you decide to stick with a Frenzy. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Like, like sure, I wouldn't you... stick with a Sheriff as entry. Just yeah. a Sheriff plus entry is not a great combo. Right. I mean, maybe if you're just a god with a Sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> right. If, you, if your name happens to be Yay. You want to entry mm -hmm. with the sheriff? Like, who the fuck am I to tell you not to do it? But but to be but to be fair, Ye doesn't really entry, so not anymore. But he used to play Jet. Well, I mean, yes, he's not. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have. I, it's been so long since he's played Jet. I don't remember if he would entry with a sheriff as Jet. But like, he definitely doesn't enter with Headhunter as Jet. Yeah, no. <laughs> Which is good. He shouldn't. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was just something that I want to wanted to to bring up here. Like, I fully yeah. support bringing two rifles. I'm going to go with the almost two max here. Two rifles into round two. Now, yeah. if you happen to be down by a lot, right? Like, first half ended 210. Now you win pistol, so it's 310. Might be worth the risk of y'all getting rifles. For the best possible chance of converting that bonus. Yeah, might be yeah. worth the risk because, like, let, let, let's be honest. Like, you're 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 kind of down out of this game to begin with, right? You're you, fighting you gotta, uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta play risky. There, there could be something to be said about bringing in four rifles into round two, just being like, hey, you know, we we can't really afford to have a bonus here. Like, we need we need to kind of be like putting rounds on the board. Um, I, I then I can see the logic outside of that. I, I, I think I'm going to go with a, a two cap, capped at three rifles round two. Is my thought yeah. process here. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Do you mind if I ask a, a little bit of a different question to you, Cass? Yeah, go for <clears> it. <throat> this is related in terms of being annoyed at people buying things. Um, I find myself generally very annoyed... When people who aren't playing Jet or Chamber buy a Marshall round two after winning round one. 
Now, on Breeze, and... no problems with that. Okay, sure. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, on Breeze, I'm very okay with that. But on any other map, because I, I can't tell you the number of times where, you know, maybe we even win round two. Well, actually, yes, in this scenario, we do win round two. And I'm dead spectating our Reyna, who's retaking the other site with the marshal in a 1v1 and loses because she had a marshal. And, and that's where I, I just feel like if you play Jeddar Chamber, you can get so much more value out of the Marshall okay, because but, the right, ability let, let, let's be, to take the shot and then dip. Okay, but let's What's be that? honest. If you go in, if you're talking about round three, this Reign is in a 1v1 and loses because of the Marshall. Yeah. Dude, like, you did so much damage for your bonus. That's a win. Well, it is, but... Like the you the know, enemy team's econ. To actually win. Yeah, yeah, sure. But the enemy's the like that. That's a W. Like you take that. Well, sure, it's a, it's a team W. But for Reyna specifically, she if in this scenario she's rotating, she hasn't killed anyone. But but maybe so she, she would have gotten maybe she would maybe she would have gotten a kill if they pushed the other side, right? Well, I mean the the key thing the the key issue I have with buying a marshal if you're not Jeddah Chamber is that you're gambling big on. Besides the fact of hitting your shots, I'm already assuming you're good with the marshal if you're mm. buying it. Besides that, you're gambling on them coming to the place that you're holding initially. Because if not, then the marshal is kind of a weak gun to have, particularly when you had all those other options available round two. So Yeah, but that, that guess, still exists yeah. for Chamber and Chat. If they don't come to the site you're holding, Marshall's not a great retake gun. Both Chamber and Jet are in that position, with the slight exception of playing bind a chamber in which you can TP from site to site. But Jet can't do that. Um, I'm trying to well, think. Yes, I, I guess, I guess can, Haven, taking... Haven, for so example, good. chamber could potentially TP from like B to somewhere on A or somewhere on C. I don't play B's chamber very often, so I don't know the exact full distance that you could cover with like max TP range. But like... Like, nonetheless, if you're retaking with a marshal, it, it, it's unideal, right? Like, you, you gambled on them coming to where you were holding. They they didn't. But, right. regardless of how that all breaks down, sure, you'd love to win your bonus. But having, having killed four people on the enemy team is already a win. And I don't think Reyna was the best option to bring up there. Because Reyna, in a similar manner to Chamber or Jet, if she gets the kill, can fuck off. I feel like you would have been way better if you said, like, KO or Sky having well, I kind of Here's where I kind of disagree. The time between the martial shots is so short that it's not like an op where being able to fuck off is huge. Because with the marshal, if you're peeking an angle that's favorable to the marshal, you're narrowly peeking a long angle, you shoot that shot, you can get out of there really fast just by moving. Yeah. So I don't I don't think the ability to dip with the marshal is as important uh, in like a retake scenario. But if I could go back to what you said about Chamber and Jet not being able to retake well with the marshal either, yeah, obviously it's still not ideal. But if Jet has her dash, being able to, you know, roll up onto site take the initial shot and dash away or chamber. If he, set, he sets up his TPs, he can do the same thing. Take the in, initial TP and TP away to a very short distance. He's not like you yeah. know, going to the different site, 
Like that still is huge to have a potentially one shot, one kill and then leave and mm-hmm. then get to repeak. Um, right. Or and, just the, and then the other tag. thing that I didn't cover yet, what'd you say? Or just like you get a tag and now your pistol yeah, yeah, is a tag. lot stronger, right? And now you can pull yeah, yeah. out your pistol. Sure. Like I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Obviously chamber and jet are better with, with the marshal mm-hmm. than other people are. But like, if you're confident in your marshalling skill, I, I don't really have a problem with, with you buying that. Um, now, well, and that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah, you know, now, if you're if, a bucky god, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if you're playing, like, you know, Phoenix, Rays, Reyna, or, um, or, like, KO Skies, some of the more aggressive initiators, as well as, like, a bunch of the duelists, on attack and you buy a marshal, then it's just like, well, yeah. I don't know about that one, Chief. Um, yep. I left Neon it's out of this worse on because there is a dude who is just like a Neon Marshal god. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He makes yeah. it work. Um, but like, that being said, yeah, no, like, if you're on attack, I don't necessarily agree with the marshal buy if you're not Chamber or Jet. Um, but on defense, if you got confidence in your ability to marshal, I think it's on average a pretty good gun to bring into round three. Well, first of all, I want to say that there's one other factor why I think Chamber and Jet can get away with it more than anyone else that I haven't brought up, which is that both Chamber and Jet can do really well with an op in their hands, especially if only one of them is on the team. Um, and as such... The idea of buying less round two so that you can maybe get the round three op or, you know, just get it round four, whatever. Just so you can get the op out faster. Yeah. Okay, the idea sure. of buying less, that also makes me favor them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't money. know. Like, if I'm buying, if I'm buying a Marshall round two as either Chamber mm-hmm. or Jet, I'm giving up my ability to pull out an early op. Well, what if what if like your team wins rounds one and two, and you get several kills? Well, like two kills minimum each round. Like, could you then theoretically get an op round three? No, because basically I guess I don't I've know spent... if I really want to do the math. Yeah, okay, but like basically the issue is if I'm buying the marshal, I'm also probably buying full shields with it. the The one exception to that rule is I bought light shields and pistol round and didn't take any damage. And therefore, yeah. I'll probably just stick with the light shields and then buy the marshal for round two. In which case, I'm always spending, what is it, 950 credits? Um, that is the only, like, exception to that rule. But, like, typically I'm buying full shields if I'm buying that marshal. So I'm still spending close to 2k. Um, and then you have to add on, like, if I'm buying my trademark, which I probably am, or if I'm jet, I'm buying smokes and updrafts, like... Like, with the utility cost, like, yeah. you're spending a bit over 2k. Like, you are giving up your ability to to early op. Well, um, maybe maybe the scenario you look at is you're just, you're thinking more in the long term. So, like, in the scenario where you win pistol, you mm-hmm. buy a marshal round two, uh, you win round two, you uh, win round three your bonus Mm -hmm. and after your bonus slash during you upgrade to a rifle or a different gun from the enemy team and then round four you use that gun now round five you definitely have money for the op sure whereas like 
Whereas, like, if I'm playing a more aggressive agent, not chamber a jet, I'm probably dying a lot more in there and having to rebuy. And, like, I wouldn't have money for an op round five, most likely. And even if so, you lived every round, you probably don't want the op as, as one of them. I mean, I, I don't, but my, yeah. my point is that's why, that's one of the reasons why if you're chamber a jet buying a marshal, I'm not pissed. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone else, I just feel like, like you said, it's a gamble that, oh, if they come to where I am, then I'll be, well, I'll have a gun that I can pop off with. But I don't think you really should be gambling when you have eco advantage. Because you have the potential to just, you know, buy a gun yeah, that yeah, is more you, versatile. You, you and you can buy a Guardian, too. Yeah, but Guardian round two, have, I yeah. love. You don't have yeah. eco advantage round three. Like, well, the sure. only way you have eco advantage round three is the enemy team forced up round two and lost. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's Which the happened only... a surprising amount at our level, but, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it right. should happen more. I know we've covered this on the podcast before, but, yeah, like... Yeah. I think yeah, like it or not, the current meta one. is kind of save round yeah. two if you've lost yeah, round yeah. one. I, Regardless I think, if that's correct. <laughs> I think yeah. people got to start forcing more. Like, yeah. The number of rounds that like I've been in, in which I get... Or maybe even I don't get a couple of kills. But our team gets a couple of kills, right? And now we're sitting in a... Uh, yeah. Maybe we got a man advantage. Maybe it's a little 4v3 action going on. But the enemy team's got specters and or better and shields, and we're sitting there with fucking, at most, upgraded pistols, right? And now maybe we picked up a specter along the way, but we don't have any shields to back that up. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you should you should see more forces, and especially at our ELO, in which there's no guarantee the enemy team's going to actually fucking buy round two. There is literally, at our ELO, no guarantee that the enemy team will be buying into round two. I feel yeah. like I should start advocating when I'm in games for a team to force up more often. I especially like the, the force after losing pistol on offense. Yeah, and if we're obviously, and you get spiked down because you get the money for that. But also, like, if you're, um, yeah, I was going to say, if you got a he- if you got a hefty lead and it's second half and you lose pistol, probably just play it safe and save. That's fine. But I'm saying round two in a game, we should see some more forces. Fair, fair. We should force more often ourselves because, like, I'll let like every once in a while I'll I'll be feeling cocky and I'll half-ass that force and I'll buy some. Well, typically as chamber, I buy up headhunter shots that still allows me to full buy round three. But like, you know, maybe I should get that marshal. And if I'm Jet, maybe I should get that Sheriff, or also a Marshal, depending on attacker defense. Um, but I don't back that up with the shields, right? And yeah. like I also think, and obviously this is really hard to do in a ranked game when you're not playing as a team and everything, but like I feel like we should see some more raid bossing. Well, Cass, I will say we're getting kind of far off from yeah. the main topic, which I wanted to, <laughs> yeah, to okay. circle back on real quick. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering if you see what I'm saying, that I don't think on the whole, if you're not Chamber of Jet, mm-hmm. you should gamble, once again, accepting Breeze, 
on buying a Marshall after winning round one simply because you're better off spending more money on a gun that's more versatile and gives you a, an advantage in more situations so that you increase the odds of winning that round two. Yeah, like, that's that's my problem with people buying yeah, a Marshall. I like I, I absolutely see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um an outside breeze, I would agree, having more than mm-hmm. one at most two marshals, anything more than that is just kinda like, dude, what are we doing? On Breeze, I never mind seeing like the four, maybe even five marshal buy. Yeah, sure, um, sure. Yeah, Breeze like, is weird. Yeah, yeah, Breeze, Breeze. Yeah, Breeze is just like it, it I don't works. hate Breeze, I hate those yeah. duels. Yeah. It, it 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 works. You know, I I've I've yeah, seen yeah. it I've seen it work so many times on like forces where it's like, yo guys, let's like let's all buy marshals. And let's just go for tags. Right? Like let's just everybody just shoot for the body. And we'll have like two yep. people looking down each angle. We all just hit body shots and all of a sudden we're turning kills. You know, like I like okay. So but yeah, breeze aside. Um as a general rule of thumb, I'd agree with you. The only reason why I'm a bit hesitant to fully agree with you is partially because I like the Marshall, but yeah. part of me enjoying and like enjoying using the Marshall and liking it as a gun um, is I feel like if you're if you're proficient with that gun, especially because of how accurate that hip fire is, like number one. If the enemy saves round two, that is the best possible gun in the game you could ever have in your hands. That is an operator. Like, that is a chamber alt in round two if the enemy's saving. If like, they don't buy, if yeah, they don't yeah, buy yeah. Uh, shields. If they don't buy shields, like, like, holy fuck does it feel good to just mow down a team with a marshal round two. Just swing sure. and just pop, swing immediately after pop, like... Stand out in the open because they're fucking firing you with classics and just hip fire them away while you're simultaneously reloading your gun because the marshal allows you to do that. Like, it feels good, <laughs> dude. Um, so I'm just going to go and say, like, I, I don't mind if somebody feels like they're confident with a marshal. Right? Like, well, <laughs> excuse me. Like, it, I don't it really is, care about. Go ahead, go ahead. I, okay. I just think because it is such a strong gun round two, and if you got experience with it, if you're if you feel like you're good with a marshal, because it's also one of the better guns you can bring into round three, especially for the price, I don't mind it. Now, do I agree that there's certain agents who are probably better off suited with a different gun? Absolutely. Should you have mm-hmm. five of them on your team round two? No, you shouldn't. Right. But I don't mind the odd person here or there not playing Jedder Chamber picking up the Marshal. Yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from. And I, I just wanted to clarify one thing, which is that when you're talking about confidence, that I feel like needs some, some elaborating, which is that, you know, if you, for some reason, decided to start playing Brim and you continued to want to buy a Marshal round two, I would not have a problem with that simply because I know that you're very good with the gun. So your confidence is well-founded. If a rando buys a marshal and then they don't pop off with it, I don't give a shit how confident they were when they bought the gun. I care about results, not what they're feeling in their head. <laughs> so, like, that's, that's sort of where I'm coming from on that. But, I know. That, yeah, really, I, that, I, I that reminds me of my hockey coach back in the day. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I played a lot of defense in hockey. Um, and our coach was saying, so yeah. there's something called a pinch. 
in which you try to hold the attacking line or like the attacking zone. It's called the blue line. You try to hold that. The puck's coming up the boards and you pinch and push up aggressively to try to keep the puck in the attacking zone, right? And our coach was like, hey, if you're going to pinch, you need to be 90% sure you're winning that race, right? That you're going Mm -hmm. to, you need to be 90% sure you're going to win that foot race and you're going to keep that puck in that zone. If there is anything more, if you have any more doubt than 10%, back off, just fall back, leave the zone, allow them to get control of that. Um, and so our coach was saying like, Hey, you know what? If you go in for a pinch and you don't get it and you come back to the bench and you're like, sorry, coach genuinely thought I had that one. He's like, that's fine. Yeah. Now, if that happens a number of times throughout the game, then we're going to have to reevaluate what your confidence level is. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That really does relate to what we were just talking about. Yeah. It's like, so I'm saying you, you, you do that round two, right? You're like, hey, you know what? I'm not playing. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not playing chamber. I'm not playing jet. But like, I think I can make this work. And you go out and you buy that Marshall, and it doesn't do anything for you. Like they even pushed the angle you were holding, and you just got no value out of that. And then you're gonna go back to that Marshall. Then, then maybe, maybe there's something to be talked about here. Yeah. But like, I say, you get Definitely the. Something you, you, but like, you get you get the benefit of the doubt. The first time around. Well, see, I think I think this is an appropriate spot to end the conversation and say I'll make it a poll because <laughs> there's been a minute since we've had a poll. But my response to that would be, you need to be like your coach says. You need to be really, really confident that, um, you know, you're going to make the martial work to buy it round two, and you have so many other options. And given my sample size of one. If you don't make it work, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what you've done in other games, but I don't trust you anymore. Yeah, I, I don't because I, I find that hard because there are a bunch of times in round two where I buy the marshal and like. Wait, what's what, even... You play jet or chamber though. Let yeah, me be yeah, clear. I know, I'm I know, still I know, including I know. the caveat. But like, even yeah. though even though I play jet and chamber, like, yeah, like, dude, like, there are times when like they push my sight. And man, that Marshall just doesn't hit on that time, you know? I'm just, <laughs> it happens, I'm, it I'm whiffing, you know? It happens, right? But yeah. like, or, you know, maybe I whiff the first shot and I swing back out and I get a tag. But for some reason, whoever I shot second had half shields and, you know, is, is now sitting on, yeah, he's one shot. But like, I didn't get the kill, you know? Uh, yeah, and then I get overrun, and there are a bunch of classics in my face, and they're all going pew 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 pew, and I'm standing there trying to reload my gun, and now I'm dead. Um, or if I'm chamber and like I fall back, or I'm jet and I dash out, and then all of a sudden they're like, ah, let's hold cheeky angles. Like there's a marshal. I don't want to. I don't want to peak CT. Yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, I'm not peaking CT. Right. Like they they can push me. They got the marshal. Um, you know, like they're. they're you know, like there, there are times when like it just hasn't worked for me, you know, and I often wonder in those scenarios, would I have been better off just buying a specter? You know, it's as you pointed out, it is by all means like the jack of all trades. It is incredibly versatile. Like yep. I maybe I would have gotten a kill or two when people are trying to come onto site if I was playing with the specter. And the reason why I stick to the marshal, even with that in consideration 
is because of the potential it has in round three. I think the Marshall is cheaper and has much more potential round three than than the Spectre does. Because especially as Jedder Chamber, but like even if I'm not playing Jedder Chamber, right? Like but like specifically because I do and I want to take those long range gunfights, like if I can immediately drop someone off their team on barrier drop, that's huge. That's a gun we could grab. Right? And, like, let's say it's somewhere right, right. in which we can't grab that gun. But, like, especially if you've proven that you're good with the marshal. Like, I don't know. Like, when I'm on the other side of that coin and I, I know someone's a god with a marshal, like, even though I got full shields and a rifle, I'm, I'm weird. Uh, like, I'm not confident necessarily on that swing. Like, on those oh, longer sure, sight sure. lines, like... It's like, dude, I don't know if I want to take that fight. He just ripped the dome off my teammate. Do I want to give him a second one? He already knows, like, exactly where the head is because my teammate just swung him. Like, there's not even a question on whether his crosshair placement's going to be off. Like, it's going to be on. Like, do I want to give him that fight, you know? Like, because That's when of that, you lure a TP into his face. Yeah, but, like, because of that, it, I, I, I think it just has more value. Like, round three, you're never, like, yeah, okay, somebody... Somebody gets you with with a Spectre, right? Then your team's just like, <coughs> we can still push this guy. Like, he ain't got, like, he's got nothing on two of us pushing down at him. I, I, I feel like the Marshal still has the potential to put the Fear of God in him. And you're not I'm doing sure. that with a Spectre. And you're not doing that oh, with a Stinger. Yeah. And if you bought the Vandal round two, kind of where we all started with, Maybe you could do that with, like, a Vandal. But, like, with pretty much any other gun that you could potentially buy in round two, like, you're you're not really putting the fear of God into him. The Marshal happens to be the one gun that is capable of doing that if you've proven that you can make that gun sing. But the... So, first of all, I agree that the Marshal is uniquely good for a round two gun in terms of making people terrified. Um, however, you only get the chance to make them terrified if they push the angle that you're initially holding. Otherwise, you're playing with a gun that is not ideal to the circumstance, which is where I come back to, if you're good with a marshal and or play an agent who complements the marshal very well, then you can get so much value out of the marshal if they do come to the spot you're holding that, yeah, it's worth it. But if one of those, if, you know, both of those things are not true, then I think you're kind of throwing. So in your case, you're good with the Marshall. So it really doesn't matter who you play because you can make it count so much if they do push that angle. Like you said, you're chilling. So that's where I feel like your perspective of being good with the Marshall and using it all the time is a little bit not what I'm talking. It's really not what I'm talking about because mm. I have never seen you buy a Marshall and think, God damn it, Cass bought a Marshall. What the fuck? <laughs> It's my rando teammates who buy it and then don't mm. use it well. <laughs> yeah, so but I'll, like, I'll leave those up to the poll. But sure, yeah. sure, sure. But like, dude, there, there have like there have absolutely been games where like, if you if I was the rando in your team, you would have been like, why the fuck is this guy buying a buying a marshal? Like, there, there are absolutely games where you would have been thinking that if have there been did... games not on breeze where you have played someone not jet or chamber. Well, no, I don't play like any time recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't play anybody that's not Jedder Chamber. Then no, I wouldn't no, care because like the no, Marshall, no, I'm no, like, no, oh, no, well, no, 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 because like, 
there are definitely yeah. times when I see Jed or Chamber mains on my team, like, specifically if, like, I don't know, because, like, I run into this scenario a fair amount, right? Yeah. I'm the Chamber, they're the Jet. We have an op, right? Yeah. And I'll I'll typically give the other person the choice, right? It's like, hey, okay. you want the op or or should I take the op, right? Yeah. Um, and this most often comes up when we both die in a round and uh, like a third person on our team saves the op. Or not saves the op, but like we win the round. Somebody on our team who is neither the jet nor me being the chamber in this case or vice versa grabs the op. And drops it in spawn. And then we have this this whole discussion. It's just like, hey, like, do I op? Do you op? Yeah. You know? And there have been a couple of times and I'm thinking to myself, like, you're playing the right agent, but, like, I'd rather have the op right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, even though, like, even if you purchased this originally, even if you saved up the money to, like, get this right off the rip, it's just like, there are times when I feel like, dude, I can put this to better use than you can. And yeah, then I feel there... like that happens with every gun, though, right? You know, someone is the only one with a rifle on your team, and then they just whiff every shot with it. You're like, damn, I wish I had that rifle. Well, no, not necessarily. Um, but, like, uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I, I just guess because there are a few situations where I'm in that position. Typically, because I'm playing chamber, I, I can just have some headhunter shots. And so it's like, like what the head, you know, it's like, obviously, would I rather have a Vandal in my hands? Yes. But like, if I'm whiffing with the headhunter, maybe I would have whiffed with the Vandal too, you know? Um, and so I typically don't feel like, oh man, like I wish I had that rifle uh, instead of them. But I, I feel like the op is just different because the op is just a different play style than any other gun in the game. Because sure, you're not sure. clicking, you're not clicking heads. You're clicking torsos, um, and yeah. so yeah. Same because with of the that, judge and the uh, Bucky. Hey, I, I suppose you've got a point, <laughs> but I don't touch shotties. Uh, no, know, it, it's just well, like I'll make this a poll. Yeah, I feel I, like we've discussed. We've yeah, yeah, this yeah. horse to death. Alrighty, fair yeah. enough. Um, really quick though, I do kind of want to briefly talk, touch on the topic of raid bossing. Sure, sure, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to finish that one yeah, topic, yeah, yeah. but I'm very happy I, to talk I, about I, raid bossing. I think there's I think there's some more value in the in the in the raid boss movement. Uh, for those Ooh. of you who aren't aware of what that refers to, uh it's most oftenly used in pistol round, uh right, where right. you get somebody on your team, they buy light shields. And then somebody else on your team buys them a pistol of their an upgraded pistol of their choosing typically not a sheriff like it's typically going to be a ghost or a, a frenzy uh now personally i think the frenzy is best when raid bossing but that's also because i hate the ghost now um i think that there's there's some serious potential right there now obviously don't raid boss your reina your reina can get a fucking kill or an assist and just get the overheal um <laughs> but like Raid bossing your your jet, your your phoenix, uh, like a neon, like a ko. Uh, raid bossing someone who's going to be more aggro in that round, like that's got some serious value to it that I think is overlooked. And I think there's also perhaps on attack 
people are overlooking that in in round two. If you can sneak, um, if you can sneak away a gun onto somebody on your team, right? Or just in, in scenarios where like nobody individually has the money to buy up full, but like if somebody bought full shields and then somebody else dropped a rifle to them, then they could have a full buy and it wouldn't completely dick over your buy the next round. Like I, I think the idea of raid bossing someone is is just overlooked. Um, yeah, because there, there, there just is a decent amount of potential there. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I tend to agree. Um, I was kind of thinking about it, and I feel like Reyna buying a Leer, uh, Soul Orb charge, Light Shields, and then getting a Ghost that actually is pretty freaking strong. So yeah, like, I, 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 I like kind of disagree with don't raid boss your Reyna because if your Reyna is really good, then might as well. Okay, but Reyna gets one Soul Orb charge for free anyway. Yeah, but two is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you time. get yeah, yeah, but like you get one for free anyway, right? Yeah. Buy your ghost, buy your leer, get a kill or an assist, get your overheal, and now you're chilling and you're not hampering someone else on your team, right? Because that that's the downside to raid bossing. Right, is you're you're hampering someone on your team. Now, if the person you're hampering on your team happens to be someone like Killjoy, whose E in pistol round is just really good and her other abilities in pistol round just aren't as valuable, then maybe that's alright. But yeah, I don't know. Because I, I obviously this is more of a team thing when you've got team coordination, you're queuing with other people, that like the raid bossing even becomes a factor. Yeah. Like, I you would have to be exuding confidence for me to raid boss you in a ranked game when I don't know who you are, you know? Well, yeah, like, and I was also thinking about that scenario, and I could see doing it in the second pistol round of the game if someone's just been tapping heads yeah. and you just want to set them up. I don't think I would ever consider raid bossing someone on the first round of the game when I'm solo queuing. Like, I yeah. just don't. It's yeah, not no, worth no, it. I, yeah, 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 my I, utility. I, I'd, yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree. Unless you, you hop into my Discord DMs and slide me proof that you're actually a fucking Radiant. And you're like, yo, yeah. Raid boss mate, you know what? <laughs> Go for it. That would be impressive if someone quickly <laughs> yeah. adds you as a friend and sends yeah. that all real fast. Um, if you manage to do that when you're asking me to get Raid bossed, you know what? I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, fair. fair. Um, Alright, well, can I call for a bit of an intermission here? Is that cool? I was wanting one as well. So yes, yeah, that is okay, very cool. Perfect. Alrighty, and uh, welcome back from our brief intermission there. Um, now, while while we were gone, Hunter brought up something that he would um, he would like to, to share with y'all. So, uh, Hunter, if you want to take that away. Yeah. So um, I've mentioned a lot before, wanting to make more videos about the Valorant shenanigans we all, me and Chase and Cass and you all, get involved in. Um, and I procrastinated for a long time, but I finally put out the first thing, which was is now in the Val Clips channel in Discord, which is about uh, the game and a half, the game that went for a total of 36 rounds and was really memorable. Um, more to come. The next thing on the docket for me is making a compilation of my Yoru highlights from uh, uh, episode 4, Act 2, um, when I was insta-locking Yoru. Um, so stay tuned. Really excited to share some stuff with you guys. Yeah, it's interesting because like, I take a lot of clips while I'm playing. But I noticed yeah. that, like, when I watch back through the clips, it's more just, like, 
I have like more isolated pop off moments. Or like Well, I mean, how long do you how long do you set your clipping software to clip? 5 minutes. Oh yeah, so you you'd get all the pop off moments if there's multiple in one round there. Uh yeah, but okay, well okay, that that that's two factor. Number one, I've got the bad habit of just hitting my clipping button after something pop offish happens. Um and so oh, okay, then even if fair. I pop off later in the round, then it's like, well, now I got to splice two clips together. Um but okay, but that aside, um no, it's just like like I get pop offish clips in a way that I feel like don't work super well for editing them together because it's like <laughs> Alright, that was a nice op flick, right? Or like, yeah. yeah, I hit a crisp shot right there. But that's just one kill, you know? Or it's True. like I'll I'll often clip things that like I amaze myself with. And so I'll be like, Whoo! Didn't expect to hit that one clip um <laughs> but then like it, it, it's just one kill you know it's like it, it's hard to like i don't know maybe in scenarios where i get like a nice little nifty spray transfer or like a quick little 2k that that i could like you know throw together but then i often find that there are other times where it's like like all my aces are like typically like very spread out i got and, and like I, again, I know I've said this on podcasts before, but I don't have my best ace on like clipped. But all the other aces I've gotten have been like, yeah, maybe I open the round off with a little two k. But then there's like a stalemate for a while of nothing really going down, and then I get like another kill. Now I'm on three, and then like you know twenty seconds later I get that fourth kill, and now I'm like hunting down that ace for the last kill. But like. Right, right. It's not like, you know, all like bang, 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 bang. Like nothing's in like quick succession. So that I find that like... You don't play a raise to get the uh, the uh, showstopper one shot, one ace. Yeah. I've seen a Sova who's done that too. Um, yeah. I feel like the raise is the most common for just a super fast ace. Yeah. I don't have... Um, I'm trying to think. You know, now that I think about it, I don't think I've got a Jet Knives Ace. It'd be cool if I did. That'd be pretty impressive. I think I right-click someone before I get to the all five. Like, I probably have an Ace, which has yeah. started with, with Jet Knives. But I don't think there's any way in which I get all five kills with Jet Knives. Right. I think I either whiff them away at some point, but then still get the ace, or I right-click somebody, get their gun, and then finish off the ace. Because I know I've had a couple of aces that begin with the with jet knives. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, I do have my like I do have my chamber, like proper five shots, five kills ace, um, which I should post at some point. Just, like, all alt kills. Um, yep, that's pretty flex. Yeah. There was one in which, like... I mean, there were a couple, because, like, I'd been chasing that down for a while. Actually, not gonna lie, I think I whiff one shot in my chamber alt ace. But I think I got a collat to make up for it. That that works out. That, yeah. <laughs> that counterbalances quite nicely. Yeah. Um, but... 
yeah, like, I don't know. There were multiple times where I'm, like, chasing down that last kill. And, like, I have one shot left in my in my ult, and I've gotten four kills already. And it's like, well... Oh, well, I've got a Vandal now. Do I just get the kill with the Vandal, or do yeah. I chase it down with the ult? Um, you got a no-scope, the last one. Yeah. 360 no-scope with the mm-hmm. Chamber Headhunter. Then you get to the top of the Valorant subreddit. I, right there. I can't 360. I don't have enough room on my desk. Yeah, you do. Uh, you know, you do often talk about how hard it is to compensate for your extremely small desk. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> being facetious. I, I mean, you talk about your small desk a lot. I was mm. trying to make a, a joke oh, okay. there, but apparently you didn't get it. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'll have a poll. Did you get, did you get my joke? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think um, I got your joke. I just wasn't sure if, like, I'd actually brought up the fact that, like, I don't have a ton of desk space before. <laughs> I, I don't... Okay, here's the thing. It's sometimes tough for me to uh, figure out if I've heard you say something ten times all off podcast or if some of them have been on podcast. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. heard that your desk is small mm-hmm. so many times, but I can't right, remember right, right. if you mentioned it on podcast or not. Right, right. I'm not sure if I have or not. Um, yeah. And it, okay, to be perfectly honest, it's not that my desk is small. It's that the way that I want to hold my mouse in relation to everything doesn't work out super well and now that i've gotten my smaller keyboard that isn't the fucking full size with the whole 10 keys and everything like i don't have the problem of my mouse hitting my keyboard anymore but i still also have like 30 fucking beer cans sitting on the other side of my desk on the other side of my mouse so like uh those get in the way a bit yeah Um, and for those of you who are unaware the way Cass holds his mouth mouse that he's talking about making it difficult is he has his mouse next to his keyboard and then he takes his thumb, puts it in the center of the mouse, like behind the scroll wheel. Uh, the rest of his hand is on the mouse pad to the side of the mouse. He moves his mouse around with his thumb and mashes the buttons with his thumb as needed. So he yeah. has the whole hand taking up space as well as his mouse. That's that's the issue here. What what mouse pad? Oh yeah, right. You're just <laughs> didn't you get a mouse pad? I thought no, you no, were, no, you, okay. uh, so were on the desk and then you got yeah. Uh, I got E's mouse pad um for a bit yeah. but like basically e got rid of that mouse pad because it wasn't big enough for his full-size keyboard plus his mouse um and so it was actually like kind of unfortunate because the exact day that i bought my new keyboard that isn't full size e gave that mouse pad to tony uh because he's like oh i would give this to Cass, but i know Cass has a full-size keyboard and i found that it wasn't big enough because i had a full-size keyboard so i should probably just give this to tony um yeah and then, like, E comes down and sees that I just got a new keyboard. And he's like, ah, shucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so uh, Tony was out of town right when that happened. Um, so I just grabbed it from Tony while he was out of town. Did you like it? Did it work well for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, having the mouse pad was kind of nice. Um, I should get one. <laughs> like, I really should get one. But, like, I also kind of want to upgrade my mouse, too. So I'm kind of waiting until I decide whether I'm going to pull the trigger on the wireless mouse or not. Because if I do get the wireless mouse, I want the wireless charging pad to go with it. Right, right. And that so, doubles as a... Yeah, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm holding off until I make a decision on what I'm doing mouse-wise before I go out and buy a mouse pad. Now, that makes sense. I'm tracking with you there. But I would suggest we... Uh... So that we don't have to change this, uh, the name of this podcast to uh, Drug Peripherals. <laughs> Maybe we transition back to uh, Valorant yeah. and a... Uh, you said that there's a topic I would likely disagree with you with. Okay. So I'm excited. 
here's the overarching topic. Alright, and then... There's there's a bit of there there there's like a bit of a subheading, but like let's just go with the overarching topic in the first place. It's uh, which character has the biggest impact on the game? Oh, and not uh, like I'm not necessarily talking about meta. I'm talking about like what character, assuming you can play them to a proficient level, could have the most impact in like a, a ranked game. In a ranked game, specifically. Yeah, yeah, not specifically pro. ranked game. We're not talking pro. Oh. Okay. What's, like, yeah, what one character in the game do you think, if you were proficient at, would have the highest level of impact? Okay, well, this one for me is going to be a two-parter. Okay. Um, I think if you look at the highest levels of ranked, it's unquestionably chamber. I think if you look at our level, like, iron through, I don't know, plat... I think the answer is Reyna. Simply because if you're hitting your shots, you can just get so much value out of her ability to just pile up the kills. That's that's my answer. Okay. I'm going with Viper. Oh, that is a hot take. I think a good Viper just has the, the biggest impact on a ranked game. Because, now, there's certain maps which are almost, like, Viper-dependent, you know? Like, you think of... Breeze being the most obvious. Yeah, you think of Breeze, right? You think of Breeze, it's like, ah, we we need a Viper. Um, And, like, you look at, like, Icebox, and, like, most pro teams just, like, they just play a Viper. Um, And so those kind of being your home base. But then, like, there's no map that, like, you really look at and you're just like, Viper just doesn't work here. Like, I can't think of a single map in which, like, it's just, like... Now, there are maps in which perhaps having another controller would be more optimal. But I don't think there's any map in which a Viper just outright does not function. Well, is there is there any agent, excepting Phoenix, because everyone agrees he's just the worst in the game mm-hmm. right now, is there any agent who just cannot function on a given map? I mean, if you look at, like... Cypher. Yeah, probably. What map could he just not function on? I don't know. I don't play Cypher. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the point is that, like, I don't think there's a map where, like, his okay, sure, 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 no sure, sure. value whatsoever. Sure, okay, yes, okay, per- perhaps, perhaps I, I took the wording of that a bit far. But, like, I'm saying, like, yeah. I don't think there's any map that, like, like, Viper just, like, isn't a good pick on, you know? Is she the best pick on every map? No. Yeah, I guess. I guess but, I'm going to go back to your wording it, it of the works. initial thing where. You, yeah, I'm going to go back to your wording of the initial question where you said if you're good at Viper, yeah, if you're really good at Viper. Yeah, because... There was an emphasis on you being proficient with the character that we're talking about because obviously, I would not have a large impact on the game playing Viper. But yeah, like, because like what I'm looking at is go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean. Well, to... I was just gonna say like you, like you, you got you got some post print lineups for each map. Not to say that you're reliant on them, but like you got them. You got some some smoke orb lineups. Like you know where to place your wall for different purposes. Like I'm I'm saying you like you got some you got some stuff right. You got some knowledge behind this agent, regardless of which agent we're gonna name. Like let's just say you know the ins and outs of it. 
Yeah. So using that definition, I can kind of agree if you look at overall, because the two maps that stick out to me as, yeah, they're really not great Viper maps and you probably shouldn't play her are Ascend and Haven. But, um, you know, if you're, it's not, like you said, it's not like you're not going to get value out of Viper from those. It's just not as good value as otherwise. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at the game as a whole, like you were saying, you know, all the other maps, there really is significant Viper, <laughs> Viper value. Um, so I guess, I guess I can kind of see what you're saying. Yeah, because um, like uh, now, obviously, if you're trying to just outright carry, yeah, Viper's probably not going to be the best pick. Yeah, you're probably off suited with a with a jet, a Reina, a, a chamber. Um, yeah, but I think like basically like when I when I kind of came to this topic or like saw this topic being talked about, my initial thought was like it almost has to be a smokes agent. Because, like, smokes are just kind of the one thing that, like, you need on a map. And Viper, on any given map, doesn't necessarily have the same problems that, say, Brim does on Fracture. Or not Fracture. I was going to say what? <laughs> I, meant, I meant Breeze. I meant Breeze. Brim yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, can you make brim work on fracture yes breeze <laughs> breeze god damn it yes breeze yes yeah you, you can i mean you can also make brim work on fracture that statement's still true but <laughs> but we're talking if about you breeze. can't make brim work on fracture you should reconsider ever playing it. <laughs> um, yeah okay but on breeze can you make a brim work yes is it very suboptimal also yes Whereas you look at, like, yeah. Viper on some of those maps that you were saying isn't... She's not known to be very good on. Like, specifically Haven and, um... Ascent. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's... You're, you're, I don't think you're grasping at straws to make it work in the same way you're grasping at straws to make the brim work on Breeze. It's like, okay, obviously this is not ideal. We, we'd rather have an Omen here, for example. But... But this is okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. As, as I'm thinking about it, in particular, I feel like you need smokes on attack. Like, mm -hmm. if you could somehow not have smokes on defense, but have them on attack, that would be far preferable to the reverse. Um. Yes. Yeah. Smokes on and, defense are also nice. Oh, they're nice, but they're like necessary on attack if the defending team is halfway competent. Yeah. Um. In, as I'm thinking about Ascent, I think the problem with Viper is that there really isn't a good mid-wall for attack. I feel like you can have a decent wall for uh, for both um, A and B. Mm -hmm. the, the A wall would be thrown from, like, Orb, so it cuts off, like, Gen to Heaven. Yeah. So you can't peek from Heaven, and you get a bunch of Sight. Mm -hmm. off that wall and then the b one is even more obvious where you cut off market and uh ct yep uh, but i just feel like the issue is that you really can't do much with mid i guess maybe you could have orb lineups yeah you get orb but even then 
Yeah, I guess. Like, I'm, um, I'm thinking, you get an orb line up, one that, uh... So you probably have an orb line up to Arches, and then to Cat. And then, yeah. say you want to push up through Arches to Market Area, you can pick your orb up while you're crossing through Arches, and then redeploy that in in a different location, right? This is true, this is true. So... Now, obviously, the problem then comes you can't smoke off tree so that you can take that area arches and then grab that orb that you had that lineup for. But, like, you know, maybe you got a jet on your team. Maybe your jet can smoke off uh, off that tree angle. You smoke off arches, and then you can work your way up through that, right? Um, jet is the only controller you need, confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but like my, my, my point here is like I think smokes are just so crucial that I have to go with a controller and I think because of Viper's importance on, on Breeze and arguably Icebox as well that like I, I think if you're proficient with Viper that is the one agent that you can have the largest impact on the game with. See, it's, it's interesting because it depends on how you define impact. Because I think the way I agree with you is if you define impact as you have, you provide the most significant team utility value. Because if um, you say it that way, then I would wholeheartedly okay, agree. Okay, I, I guess kind of what I was thinking impact-wise was like, yeah, what's going to on average get you the most dubs? And now, you playing a, a jet, a chamber, a reina... When you're aim diffing the other team, that's going to get you a lot of dubs. But yeah, but you can't reliably count on being the best player in the lobby. You can't count on having the best aim. Whereas if you're uh, if you're playing Viper, you can count on your lineups working. Those are going to work without fail every time. Well. So I guess this is where I disagree, and this is where I feel like we need to take into account uh, the way that the game changes as you increase in rank. Because at if you're talking about solely like Radiant players, and we limited this to just Radiant players, I would tend to agree as well. Um, but I, I think the problem is that especially at the lower ranks where you don't have the team coordination you would like to a certain extent, if you have great Viper lineups and great setups as Viper, but your team doesn't play off of that. Well, then on the whole, you would be better off playing a different agent. And I I think, you know, at our rank at silver and gold, there are going to be a lot of times, or even if you're a kick-ass Viper, your team does not play off of your utility very well. And like you said, you can't really carry as Viper. Whereas even if you're not the best aimer in the lobby as Arena, you can take such aggressive angles. And if you're playing into Arena's kit, you can do things that other agents cannot do in order to, uh, you know, get yourself those kills. And, and that's why I think at our level, Reyna is the most impactful agent. And then if you move up to the top level... I think it'd be close between Viper and Chamber just because, similarly, you don't have to be the best aimer in the lobby to be uh, to be good as Chamber. You just have to be the best at 
you know, taking a good first shot and getting out of there and knowing how to do that well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, don't know. I, I guess I see what you're saying, but, like, I feel like Viper has the advantage of, like, you don't necessarily need your team to be the best at playing off your utility. Obviously, it's beneficial if they are. But you're just like, hey, wall's up. A line of sight from from these angles are blocked off. When wall's down, obviously they're not. Right? Like that that's kind of like that's kind of like guaranteed value. Even if like not yeah, guaranteed you know, value again. Oh no. Like <laughs> Like even if you even if you don't have the best coordination and teamwork amongst your team because you're in a lower ELO. And, like, people aren't on mics. Throwback to last week's episode. But, like, yep. just just in general, right? Like, you're, you're in a position where you're... It, it's kind of hard to not do something with Viper's utility as the rest of your team goes. Like, the one well, exception to that would be let me wait until Viper's utility goes down, being my team's Viper utility goes down, and then let me push site. And let me just yeah. troll out dick in hand. Just like, wee, I'm pushing A. While Viper's smokes are on cooldown or whatever. That's the only yeah. way to, like, not make use of Viper's kit. Well... Here's the thing. I can think of three scenarios, <clears throat> excuse me, where your team can play poorly off of Viper's kit. Um, one is the situation in which they don't take advantage of the space that you've provided and understand what areas your Viper wall is really giving them control of. For example, a classic case of this would be, um, you know, on Ascent, if, if you do Viper Wall so that it blocks off, you know, tree and heaven, that does actually cut off a slice of sight behind Jen, which is now behind the Viper Wall. So, like, if your team doesn't realize the fact and deal with the fact that there could still be someone hanging out there, then now all of a sudden, you know, that Viper Wall could be really not helping out. Um, and then there's also the, the two situations of one... Um, your team not being ready for someone who does push the Viper wall in particular, if they flash through, if your team just doesn't do a good job of playing so that they're ready for that. And maybe, you know, understanding when to make noise and when not to, so that they don't, you know, make themselves an easy target for that. Coupled with, you know, if you're a good Viper, you'll communicate with your team, at least some sort of countdown three, two, one, five, four, three, two, one, when your wall is going down, Mm -hmm. we're going to assume that you do that because you're a good Viper, but there is something to be said about figuring out how to position yourself so that when the Viper wall comes down, you're not in a bad position because a lot. One thing I see a lot is people who play in positions where even though I do give them a countdown that the wall is going down when I play Viper on breeze, which I play a lot, you know, they're still kind of not in an ideal spot and they can't move. Like maybe they are in cover relative to one angle, but they can't move because now everything is open. So I think those are a couple scenarios where the Viper, your team doesn't play off your Viper utility very well. Yeah. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But 
I feel like on average, like having having a good Viper on your team, again, on average, with average teammates, whatever your ELO may be, is going to have a larger impact on on the game than than other agents, right? And now... Well, so, Cass, let me see if I can rephrase this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you saying at your ELO right now, mm-hmm. you, if you're solo queuing into a game, you would rather have a kick-ass rando Viper on your team than a kick-ass rando Reyna on your team? Is that is that what you're saying? If I'm going to eliminate Smurfs... Yes, yes, of course. Yes. Interesting. That's I, that's where I would wholeheartedly disagree. If we're going to eliminate Smurfs, yeah, I would you, rather the Rainbow and the Viper. Neither of us is a Smurf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would rather somebody goes in Instavox Viper and just be like, "Boys, I know my shit." And somebody who comes in and Instavox Rainbow is just like, "Trust." Well, I mean, the key, the key thing isn't what they say. The key is what they do. Sure, sure, if at sure. At the end of the game, they did really well. Yeah. And I mean really well in terms of what they provide. I don't expect a Viper to match MVP. Yeah. I, no. I might expect a Raina to match MVP, right, but right, not right. a Viper. But I'm just saying, like, like yeah. the, the problem with, the, the, problem with the, the Raina is, to a certain extent, when you pick Raina, like, like you, you got to be a bit cocky. Oh yeah! Like, there's no two ways about it. You you got to go into this mm-hmm. game thinking like, I'm a fucking click heads. I'm a fucking run oh, yeah. at them. I'm gonna click some heads. I'm gonna dismiss behind cover. I'm gonna pop out. I'm gonna click another couple heads. I'm gonna maybe get an overheal going, and then click some more heads. But like, you have to be hungry for blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it's Raina. like, <clears throat> obviously, the easiest games that I've had is yes. When there's a rain on your team, and she's just hitting every shot. Do I have a lot of confidence that these rainas aren't Smurfs? No, not really. Yeah. Like, like, is it possible that you were actually my ELO playing in an appropriate game for you, and you just had a good game? Yeah, it is. Or maybe you're just really good with the play style that Raina provides. You know? Because that, that's that's obviously a factor, right? Reyna gives you, right. in, in a similar way to Jet and Chamber, gives you the ability to stand in the middle of buttfuck nowhere and get away with it. Yep. It, it's just got the caveat of, yeah, but you got to hit your shot. Um, and yes, Reyna also uniquely provides you with the ability to, so long as you can win a duel, you can get your health back. It doesn't matter how scrappy it is. They don't care how you get it done. They just care that you got it done. You can get your health back. You can take another really scrappy duel. And then you yeah. can also get your health back again. Right now, obviously, Reyna provides a unique play style, which the pro meta has come to determine is not great, but still sees a lot of healthiness in ranked play. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, I can't argue against that. Maybe that's just what your play style is. But... Because I often find that, like, the good Reynas on my team are often smurfing, I, I, I feel like it's a bit harder for me to, to look at that more objectively and just be like, you know what? You had a lot of impact on this game playing the Reyna. You were, you were yeah. doing your job appropriately, and I don't think you were smurfing. 
Yeah, that, that, that does make it a lot harder because there are plenty of times there's like a support character who plays, who doesn't frag out necessarily, but they play, they're a great teammate and they mm -hmm. use their utility well. And I have a 0% suspicion they're a smurf, but I'm just very impressed by them and very complimentary of them. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like you say, as soon as Arena starts popping off, I'm like, are you really, are you really the right rank? Yeah, I mean, um, I... Like, right at the beginning of this rank, I was playing a bit more Jet than perhaps I, like, on average would. We yeah. had a Sky on our team who was just like, yo, like, every time you smoke and dash onto site, wait for the audio cue. I'm flashing your way out of that smoke. Or, like, would dog me into angles that I could then get to. Like, they, they were almost, like... Like, I don't know. It's kind of like they were, like, jumping into my backpack, almost, if that makes sense. <laughs> and we're just kind of like running around with me and just like there's my utility you know um yeah i have like, ha i have played with this guy like that as well yeah yeah like was that incredibly useful absolutely now we're playing on pearl so it wasn't ranked but like it was just like yeah like jesus christ that's useful right like every time i smoke and dash onto site I know I've got a flash popping that I can then peek out with. That's really cool. Or like if yeah. I'm trying to get up to an angle so that I can smoke and dash onto site, I got a dog to lead the way. Um, obviously, yep. that's incredibly impactful, and it's not going to be shown in the kills column. Hopefully, it gets reflected yeah. in the assist column. But I don't know exactly how the assists are calculated in this game, and that can be a bit iffy. And who knows whether that makes a difference on the scoreboard. It probably does not if you look at ACS all that much. But obviously you're having a much higher level of impact on the game than the scoreboard might reflect. And I think the problem is... Yeah, Reyna... I don't think either of us is saying scoreboard is... Yeah, is yeah, yeah. No, but I'm just saying that, like, Reyna kind of has the problem where, like, it's a lot harder to be, like, a good Reyna and not have that be reflected on the scoreboard. You know? Oh, well, I would totally agree, yeah. And so, like, when the Reyna is doing really well, and they are popping off, there's always that lingering feeling in your mind, like, are they smurfing? You know? Yeah. Cass? Um, yeah. Are you ready for a wild card? Okay, hit me with it. So, here's the thing, right? Um, we both agreed that one of the thing that's one of the things that sort of clouds our judgment is the fact that there are certain stereotypes about how you know what kind of player plays different agents, and in the case of you know in the case of Reyna, often Smurfs, um, and that kind of makes things difficult. And I, I'm going to come out of left field and say that I don't have a ton of experience with playing with a Yoru on my team who's not me. However. I think if people really utilize Yoru's kit to the fullest, Yoru could be one of the most impactful agents in the entire game if he's being played, you know, to his maximum potential. And I think, unlike Reyna, he provides so much utility if he's coordinating with his team well to create absolute chaos and get your team onto site, as well as having the highest clutch potential of any duelist in the game. I, th I think a really good Yoru could be in the mix. The problem is just, like, no one plays him. <laughs> so, uh... Oh, I mean, like, and I have... People are sleeping hard yeah. on my boy. I, I have absolutely seen you pop off with Yoru. Um, so I can't fully discount that because I'm fairly confident you're not smurfing in my games. 
Yeah, if you are smurfing in my down. games, you've done a very good job of keeping that under cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I have absolutely seen you pop off of Yoru. So I can't, like, yeah, I guess from my perspective as somebody who doesn't play Yoru but has had a decent amount of Yorus on their team, being I wonder well, why. You. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. But I, I just want to have a slight pushback on what you said about his max potential. Mm-hmm. Like, because I was kind of saying, I guess initially what I took to this conversation was, and the way that I laid it out was just like a high level of proficiency. So yeah, I, I, I don't think it's fair to consider a character's ceiling. But I also think from your perspective, it is very fair to say that you are not at your ceiling. And I have seen you provide a lot of impact. Thanks. Thanks. So, so there's obviously that. Um, I can see it. I just, I I wasn't really expecting you to agree for the simple reason that whether it's because he's being slept on or because he's not as good as I think he is, there just isn't a ton of people playing Yoru at a high level. But, I, but like, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, if you're going to play yeah, Yoru very is... proficiently, like, I, I can see where you're coming from and that adding a lot of impact to to the team. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't think Yoru is a great carry or... A really good entry. Because um, the one the one thing that I was going to say about Reyna that I haven't really gotten to yet is, like, especially yeah. at our Elo, like, Reyna can be a really strong entry. Yes. Obviously, definitely. in pro play, when there's a lot more coordination and one person can be like, you shoot the eye, I'm going to hide, and then I'll swing Reyna when the eye's down. It's not as valuable. But I think especially at our Elo, where communication's not quite there... Reyna's eye can often be good enough to get her an opening duel, and then she can get a soul orb, and then she can dismiss onto site behind cover somewhere and, like, get value out of that. Okay, like, I, I do think that, like, at our ELO and not considering pro ELO, that, uh, that Reyna can have um, a good amount of entry potential. I, I don't think Yoru quite has that as, as a solo entry. Now, that's not to say that he doesn't work, as a solo entry, but I think Yoru yeah. provides a lot more backup from his team and just in general, more coordination. Cause like the one thing that Reina's really got going for her is you can't flash your team. Right. Right. It's the only, and, and this gets into, yeah, like, it's this gets the, only... into the question of how much team coordination. Right. We're making right. Right. Team. And which is obviously really hard to, to really cover. Um, but because like, the I, issue is, I would say you're fairly proficient with Jet and Chamber, and I'm fairly proficient with Yoru, but the issue is we don't really practice certain things, and we often look at around very differently, and as such, I end up flashing you in situations when I don't think it makes any sense that I would have caught you in the mm-hmm. flash. So, like, that's one of the things where, you know, we're just not on the same page there. It doesn't happen anywhere near as much when I'm playing... Um... Uh, chamber, chamber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but no i just think of one of the really funny rounds that i'm thinking of is just like we're sitting in we're sitting in a brim smoke trying to burst out onto b-side ascent 
and you're yeah. just like, okay, you're starting to count down, like, three, two, oh, yes. one, yes, yes. and then I'm staring there at my dash bar, and I'm like, nope, gotta go now. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, either I go now or I don't go. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. just dash on, and then you're like, ah, shit, he's on site, time to, like, time to just TP in, like, no flash. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and then I think we both died. <laughs> yeah, well, because the Killjoy yeah. double mollied me off on highway, and then turned around and killed yeah. you on stairs. Um... No, I think it was someone else. Oh yeah, 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 right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. I think I just got. I I think I just got like double mollied on um, on highway. And yeah, then I mean I that is to, brutal. Yeah, yeah, like I like I tried to updraft out of it, but then like I'm in the air with like a phantom, you know, like yep. what am I gonna do? And then yeah, you were over at stairs. You blind TP'd in after. I was basically just like dead, and then she turned yeah. around and killed you. Unfortunate, you know it 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 happens, it happens. but like. That's yeah. that's bad communication right there. That's bad. <laughs> that's just us not coordinating our shit. Right. Uh, uh, non sequitur cast. But did yeah. you see the clip on Reddit today where guy on Haven as Jet had an op in their hands on attack? Yes, yes. Up drafts yep. over sea log. No scope headshot wall bags. Yeah. Someone down sea log. I, I, I did see that clip. Not gonna lie, I'm a little oh, so salty because I have gone for that yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't hit that shot. I also haven't hit the jet updraft shot from when you're retaking a site. You know those boxes kind of in like B link. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've also updrafted up on that one and taken no scopes, and I haven't hit that either. So like, Cass, are you throwing in the games? <laughs> Would you do that? <laughs> well, no, because I don't nobody... feel like that's worth the updraft. No, no one's well, okay, but it's in <laughs> scenarios where like, you know, the updraft cost me 150 bucks, right? I got enough money yeah. to buy next round. I got enough money right, to right. buy the utility, right? It's just like, and the reason why I like that updraft um, is, mm-hmm. and similar thing to the one that Jet took in that that Reddit clip, is um, if I have knives, and you have the audio cue that I've popped my knives, maybe you're looking for that. You know, it's things like Jets do that when they've got knives out. But like, yeah. if you don't get that audio cue that I've got knives, it's specific because I haven't popped knives. You're not looking for that. And oftentimes, you can get a lot of info out of doing that in a very safe manner. Because I'm not worried about getting just fucking head tapped out of the sky. Okay, so that's fair. It's not just for it's the, not for the just uh, to one take, in a million. It, it's also it's not, for yeah, the It's not to take the shot. Yeah. It's to right, get right, the okay. info on whether or that's... not, or just in general, where people are. Right, but yeah. while I'm up there and I've got an op in my hands, or I've done it with a sheriff before too, on like ecos or whatever, it's like that. I might as well take the shot, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's fair. I thought you were like, God, every time I get a chance, <laughs> no, to no, no, no. go for it's the clip, like, I no. do. <laughs> it, it's yeah, more yeah. of it because I now perhaps I'm not the jet who's the best in the world with best utilizing their updrafts. But I find that if I can updraft peak something, it on average provides me a lot of, like, in general, it just provides me info that, like, I'm not worried about dying with this peak. It's, like, the same yeah. reason why people, like, jiggle peak angles, right? It's just, this is, like, an even safer version of a jiggle peak. Yeah, especially with, like, the updraft from boxes for retaking A. That does give a lot of info. Like, you, you can see a lot of sight with that. Yeah. Um, and if I don't have knives out, nobody's going to be holding that. And if you happen to hit that flick onto my head, like, you know, good for like, you. yeah, good for you, man. Like, good, yeah. good for you, you know? 
like, am I going to be salty? Yeah, I'm going to be salty, but, like, n- nice shot, man. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's, I'm paying 150 credits to get that info. And... Yeah, Cass, nobody understands it's for info. You don't have to justify yeah, the okay. price. Yeah, okay. The price makes sense for <laughs> yeah. info. Yeah. Um, the price doesn't make sense for the clip. No, no, <laughs> that's, no, no, that's no. the decision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have gone for that shot while I'm up there in the air anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, fair. I haven't hit one yet. Be nice if I did. Definitely. I know. I have hit a jumping sheriff shot before, uh, which was pretty hype. Like, I, yeah. jumpy, I jump peaked an angle for the info, and then I'm like, eh, I might as well take the shot. And then got the one tap with the sheriff. <laughs> that one felt pretty good. <laughs> Cass, I, I gotta ask, are you, uh, are you salty that, despite me not opping all that much, I have hit a luckier op shot than you? Which is... Do you know the one I'm talking about? Where no. it, it okay? I'm gonna have to throw this in Val clip so you guys can check it out. Um, I hit a no scope wall bang while moving through a corner on split. Uh, I'll throw it. I'll throw it in the Val clips just so you guys can see. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go through a. Co- I don't know. I don't know if you've hit a luckier off shot than I have. Yeah, yeah, I'm, you're gonna. Everyone will have to. Hey, if you if you get have a really lucky op shot in a clip. Also, put that in Val Clips, and we'll have a poll. We'll see who's who, uh, which one is luckier. So I've, I've had some long-range no-scopes, just like some panic no-scopes. Um, yeah. I've had some really long ones, which, like, statistically speaking, like, I don't know how far away you were from the person you hit. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've hit some long-distance guys. Just All like... Right. I'm bunny hopping across towards ramps on split and somebody's staring at screens and I'm like, ah, shit, left click. And then I get them <laughs> like, like pretty long range, you know, it happens. I see. I see. Um, but yes, I, 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 I did see that clip. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, we'll see if, yeah. if you manage to get a clip in chat, uh, I'll, uh, we'll compare and contrast. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Unless you got any closing remarks, I think that kind of about wraps it up here. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think that's it. Um, I'm realizing for next week. Wait, yeah, no. Next week I'll still be here. It's the week after that. Actually, actually, next week we might be together in person. As weird as that is, depending on when we do yeah, it. Yeah, that is true. Depending on when we do. Yeah. yeah. Next week might be a struggle, timing wise. But uh, we can discuss that after the podcast. Um, well, just for context, Cass is in Canada, coming to where I live, Maryland slash DC. Yeah. So we're gonna get to see each other for the first time ever. I've met Chase in person. I've not met yeah. Cass in person. So that's gonna so, be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. At any rate, um, Chase, yeah, you want to give your uh, your 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 closing call out or whatever? All right, perfect. Thank you, Chase. Dude, that's why we have Chase on this podcast. That, that is why that we have Chase on this brilliant. podcast. Yeah. He, he delivers that line so well. 